Hey guys, it's me, Lance. And while I have you here listening to our show, I wanted to take a second and reach out to all the people out there that are thinking about starting their own show, starting their own podcast. When we started this thing back in February of 2019, we were really trying to figure out which platform we needed to go with. Well, in about 30 seconds after searching, we've stumbled upon Anchor. And since February of 2019, we have not looked back because, guys, it's pretty simple. With the quality that they provide, the accessibility that the platform provides, along with the fact that it's absolutely free, while you could potentially be making money doing it, it was pretty easy for us. And I think it'd be easy for you as well. So do me a favor. If you're thinking about starting your own show, you're thinking about starting your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I promise you guys, you won't regret it. Watson will throw. Fires it left side. He's got a man wide open. It's going to be a Texan touchdown. Come on, man. The Houston Texans lead the Chiefs 24 to nothing at 10.54 to go in the second quarter here in this divisional playoff game at Arrowhead Stadium. Middle blitz picked up. Left side throw. Cut. 10-5. Touchdown. Damian Williams. Touchdown. Kansas City. 24-7 Houston. 8.32 to go second quarter. That's a fake punt. They fake the right side. It's tackled. Short of the first down. Great play. Dirty Dan Sorensen would not be fooled. Holding it down. Fires it late. Kelsey gets into the end zone. Turning his left shoulder. Touchdown. Kansas City. 20 points in lightning fashion. He's going to try to hold it. Throws it late. And is it caught in the... It's caught. Touchdown. Kansas City. The Chiefs take the lead. Previously on The Spoken. Do not be shocked if we end up with the Chiefs-Titans AFC Championship. Don't be shocked. We're going to hold this out next. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be shocked if that is what we end up seeing. I I tweeted out last night, and I mean this, and I'm going to say, and I'm not trying to give too much away. The AFC Championship is going to be played at Arrowhead. All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Patrick freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, Let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. Tuned into the spoken spoken. Whoa. This is the Spoken Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KC Beard Co. Studios with my guys Trevor Twidwell What's going on? and the mind behind Red Tribe Cinema, Clay. We're in the end game now. We're in the end game. We're actually going to talk about that in just a second. Our guy, Eddie Ortiz, Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo himself, is actually out. Um, he's on the disabled list tonight, guys. Um, we apologize for that. Uh, he's under the weather currently, so we hope that our guy gets better as we continue to do this podcast and hopefully be talking about Chiefs football for at least another couple of weeks. And um, before we actually talk Chiefs, obviously I want to thank all of our listeners, everybody that's been a part of this, whether you started with us from the very beginning, came here in the middle, or this is your first night with us, we want to thank all of you guys for being a part of what we consider this to be our journey, and we want to thank you for that, uh, for making this possible, and we are looking forward to the future with all of you. Um, another side note that we want to bring up, it's not really a side note, it's actually just a sign of respect. 
Um, we had some unfortunate news uh, befall us in Kansas City tonight, just a couple of hours ago. We received word that former, now former owner of the Royals, David Glass, has passed away. And, you know, you can we can sit here and talk about, you know, the legacy that he had left behind in Kansas City. Uh, but more importantly, we just, we just want to send our, our our deepest sympathies and our thoughts are and our and our hearts are with the family of the Glass family for losing somebody. It's never, no matter if you lived a full life or not, it's never easy losing anybody that you care about and you love. And for everybody in the Royals organization, from Dayton Moore all the way down, um, you know that this man impacted all of their lives. And from everything we've heard, he, he was nothing but wonderful to his people. And um, you know, being able to make sure that not only he he sold the team off you know, to somebody he can trust, but also trust that they're going to keep him in Kansas city. That is something to definitely admire. And I think that if we're going to talk legacy with David glass, he left one that is admirable at the, at the, at the least. And I, um, I just, I just want to, like I said, just from all of us here, uh, wish the, you know, the best for the family and our condolences are definitely with you guys. And Kansas city stands behind you guys in, in this very tough trying time. And, and I, uh, cannot imagine, uh, what they're going through right now. So we just wanted to throw that out there before we got our show going. So with that said, we got our guy Clay with us tonight. Obviously, yeah. he is the one that makes this show what it is. Um, anything you hear production side, I mean, he's he's the mastermind, man. And, and we got we got some fun stuff got coming, some, coming tonight. Absolutely. Well, we, we, we already heard the, the first fun thing. Yeah. Open the show. <laughs> Dude, I, I appreciate it. And you put yeah. that together so quickly, man. I can't thank you enough. And um, I want to talk a little bit about, real quick, about the new video that Red Tribe Cinema is coming out with. Um, we, you and I are, are very hopefully. Oh no! It's, it, it, if everything goes well, yeah. Well, we <laughs> we 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 can sit here and talk uh, future tense and feel confident about it in this team. But just just we, you know, Clay came out tonight and and he showed us a three minute video, a little snippet of what we're going to expect after the Chiefs beat the Titans this week, and. I'm going to let you have the floor, man, because yes, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm absolutely speechless. Uh, my my throat is a little hoarse still from some yes, of the sir. some of the lines we did. Right. But some of those activities. You're, you're, you're the man that puts the countless hours into this, so I'm I would be a criminal to take this spotlight away from you. So you take it away. Okay, Tell well, people what, what right, well, what's going on. So you know you you've been following Red Tribe Cinema all year. You you've seen the 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 Marvel parodies, the Iron Man, the uh, the Thor. Black Panther, you know, we set it all up with with Mahomes and Kelsey and and uh, Terry Kill, and we did we, we did the beginning of Endgame when the Patriot or when the Chiefs went to New England and they chopped Tom Brady's head off, metaphorically speaking, which is like the beginning of Endgame when uh, Thanos gets his head chopped off by the Avengers. And uh, you know, if you if if you, if you heard yesterday on on Twitter, Colin Coward said he said the Chiefs are the Avengers, and I said, damn straight, buddy. And so, so, and we had a trailer last week for the AFC Championship game, and we've, we've, we've retconned uh, Thanos into Derrick Henry and the Titans, and uh, you know we've Chiefs have, have been through a lot this year, and they they lost to the Titans, and then they came back and got the two seed and had a great playoff win, and where did it bring them? Brought them back to the Titans, so it's kind of kind of a kind of a good allegory. And, uh, you know, if you're if you're a fan of the Avengers, if you're a fan of Endgame, uh, I think in, you're going to want to see this video. It's it's going to be the Chiefs as the Avengers avenging the bad guy and and taking you know the ultimate next step. And, you know, hopefully the end of Sunday's game, 
Iron Mahomes snaps his fingers and takes out the bad guy. And uh, hopefully he doesn't die this time. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think he will. But Spoiler uh, alert for anybody that's still uh, so, seen so, it. So, I, you know, I came over here tonight and I showed these guys yep. the first three minutes of this video and their reactions. They were they were laughing. And uh, I think they liked it. So I just I just want I just want the listeners to hear what 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 they thought. Oh, man. I mean, you never fail, man. The videos are always gold in my mind. I mean, my, you know, my daughter just every time a new one comes out, she yeah. has to watch it. You know, so it's. It's not only good for me as an adult. I mean, the kids are into it too. They love it, obviously, with the, the Marvel characters. But I mean, your work is awesome, man. We always appreciate and acknowledge your your talents there. So yeah, I mean, dude, it's just the sneak peek has me going, gets the juices right. flowing. So I'm ready for the. Okay, I want it all. I want the whole thing. <laughs> it's like it's a, it's a it's it's cool. I feel it's almost spoiled as a Chiefs fan. It sounds funny yeah. saying, seeing we only of late have had real success in the playoffs. But I feel spoiled because I, it almost feels like we get double wins. You know, during a week, because you know, not only do we get the victory on the field, but mm. then Clay delivers this raw shit, man, oh. of just amazingness, and it's just, the internet for the next it's just so much. Days. Yeah, it makes it makes winning that much more fun because I'm like, I know it, I know it comes next. Mm. It's not just the victory. It's not just feeling good about the victory all week long. It's we get this badass nine to eighteen minute video that's coming out. Nine, um, not eighteen minutes, but but, <laughs> but maybe we 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 did we did an eighteen minute video. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Here. yeah, it varies. Like we but, we can get but, we can uh, get a lot of content. I don't, that don't happen every week. <laughs> yeah. Well, the cool thing is, is that, um, like I said, it's just it's it's just such a an addition uh, to my week. I look forward to it, um, whether I get to be involved or not. Even the even there's been numerous videos you've done where I have no lines and I'm just as excited, just because of the fact that I know that you put your hard work and effort into this thing, man. And that and as as a fellow Chiefs content provider, if we you know be say that so modestly. Uh, it means a lot to us, man, and it always motivates us to continue to stay at the top of our game, too, man. So, absolutely. Uh, and so, if y'all don't know, Lance here is—he's the voice of Fake Mahomes, Iron Mahomes, <laughs> and he—he he had a line tonight. Uh, it was—it 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 was. He does a terrific job, and I, I'll tell you know—I've been doing this with Lance for a couple years now, and the the work that he has put in as Fake Patrick this year. Just the whole year has been great, but what he did for this particular video that's coming, it is spectacular. I'm just going. I'm going to go ahead and spoil you guys right now. Lance gave us a fake Patrick version of the Iron Man monologue at the end of Endgame, and I really think once it's combined with the with the video that I put together, uh, people are going to be brought to tears. That's what I'm hoping anyway. That's what I'm hoping too, man. Because. This was, this was a, I wanted, you know, man, I'm a perfectionist and I know you are yeah. too. Um, as soon as you gave me those lines, I wanted to get right at it, but I also didn't want to brush this. Yeah. So, you, you know, that night I was, my voice was wrecked, but it was so much fun and I, I enjoyed every second of it. I was stressing out, but it was still so much fun because I knew that if I, we got this right, this yep. is going to be everything that Chiefs fans well, not only wanted, but deserve. It's like, it's like I told, I was, I was talking with some Chiefs players, not to toot my own horn, a couple of weeks ago, but, but, uh, I told them, I said, I said, I think I made it a little uncomfortable, but I I meant it, so I said it. I wanted to, I wanted to tell him because, and I said I said guys, we're going to remember what this team does for the rest of our lives. So, yeah, then that's what we're going to be talking about all night time. tonight. Oh, yeah, yep. Um, and let's get right into it, man. And by the way, before we say that, before I move on, move on, follow Clay on Twitter at Clay Windler. 
Uh, get on YouTube, subscribe to Red Tribe Cinema. Get on Facebook, subscribe to Red Tribe Cinema. And for the love of God, can we start supporting this guy financially? It's ridiculous. He's not doing this full time yet. It needs to happen. So it's nine, literally ninety nine cents yep. a month. Just, just go on Facebook and yep. go to Red Tribe Cinema do it. And, and become a supporter. Exactly. So please do that. Yes, hand it over because every <laughs> every video he does is money. So yep. let's get into the divisional round. Um, we saw ourselves – the last two weekends of football have been an absolute blast, not just as a Chiefs fan but just as a football fan because for the most part every single game has been very satis- satisfying uh, the way the games end. I mean some of the games have started off kind of slow, but the fact is we saw football, I believe, at its, at its absolute peak over the last couple weeks. And I'm going to get right into the Chiefs and Texans game. And I, I want to – look, there's so – I've been writing all week long. I've been ready for this show all week long, and I got a lot to say about this game. You know, coming into this week, I was feeling as confident as I ever have as a Chiefs fan, knowing and understand full well that the Chiefs had so much going their way. The better quarterback, coach, team, home field, so many reasons for any fan to be confident. And then Sunday morning happened. Mm. I listened to the Arrowhead Pride Tailgate show before kickoff, and Pete and Ken announced that Chris Jones is officially listed listed as inactive. Not worried, quote-unquote, is what I continued to tell myself and Shane and Clay and everybody else that we were talking to about all this. And Because, you know, the Chiefs still carried all of those advantages into the matchup that I listed before. I'm still confident the Chiefs will roll, and I predicted a 38-20 to victory. And then Sunday afternoon happened. And before you could say Larry Johnson likes numerology and Alex Jones, the Texans were up 24 to nothing. Trev was irate. Uh, I think that's putting it mildly. Letting everyone know at the house, know good and well, that uh, he's beyond fucking pissed. And although I was feeling the same anger inside, you can ask Trevor. I sat in complete shock and in disbelief. I didn't say a word for probably 20 minutes. Disbelief because of the fact that all of those advantages seemed to no longer matter. Maybe they never mattered. Regardless, it was, it was, it was gone. And the game seemed to be out of reach. Our promised season, like 2018, seemed to be dead in the freezing puddles of Arrowhead. And then Patrick Mahomes happened. I didn't say this as a a fan of the Chiefs. I don't say this as a fan of Patrick Mahomes. I'm saying this as a grown man with two working eyeballs and a mind that has enough common sense to say that we have, are, and will continue to witness out of Patrick Mahomes the greatest single player we have ever seen play the quarterback position. The way he willed his team back, the way he not only put the team on his back, but made it look quick and easy. But what separates Mahomes from the rest isn't just his talent. It isn't just his highlight plays. It isn't just the distinguished voice. It's the fact that no matter the deficit, he knows within himself that he can and will lead his team back. And he did just that. I mean, as soon as the Chiefs scored once, I knew the Chiefs had him. I knew that Patrick Mahomes found something. He figured something out. He figured them out, and he inevitably he inevitably broke the Texans, scoring 41 unanswered points, which is third most of all time, becoming the th- only team in NFL postseason history to be down 20-plus points and end up winning by 20 or more points, becoming the only team to score seven touchdowns on seven consecutive drives. Unreal, man. To once again show the world that he, Patrick LeVon fucking Mahomes, <laughs> is the best at what he does and is in the early stages of the greatest quarterback we have ever seen. The Texans gave the, the Texans gave the Chiefs all they had. Hit them in the brass hit them with brass knucks, and before the Texans could touch the ball in the second half, that they trailed it up by double digits. Yes, you can point out Bill O'Brien's inabilities and horrific decision-making, but the Chiefs capitalized on every single opportunity. It was a game in which Travis Kelsey showed the entire world 
that he is, in fact, the best tight end in the game and has been for many years. Hamstring injury or not, it was a game in which Damian Williams showed the entire world that even though he's never been and never will be as great as Priest Holmes, Jamal Charles, or Kareem Hunt, he has done things that none of them have ever done, and that's dominating the postseason. Seven touchdowns and three playoff games is beyond absurd, and he deserves all the praise. It was a game in which the Chiefs made, po- made positive history for a change. It was a game in which Andy Reid stepped on the throat of his opponent and did not relent in scoring 51 points in less than 60 offensive plays. The longest offensive drive the Chiefs had on Sunday was three minutes and 55 seconds. <laughs> Touchdowns only, like we like to say all day, all day on Sunday we said that. Right. It was a game in which 51 points is enough. The last time the Chiefs scored 51, they lost, they to, the lost to the Rams. It's amazing what a difference a defense can make. It's amazing... In a game in which the Chiefs established themselves as the next dominant force swirling over the skies of the AFC. And that is what happened. Yeah. And I'm going to say something real quick before we get to Trevor, real quick. We got to give McCole Hardman a ton of credit for getting the party started with that clutch return Mm -hmm. that essentially sparked not only the crowd, but the team. I tweeted out that McCole Hardman better do something special looking like Run DMC as he walked into the stadium as he did. Yeah, him and and Dan Sorensen for sure. And that's what I'm going to right next. Let's give Dirty Dan some serious and much-deserved recognition for the fake punt tackle and the forced fumble on special teams. The man was an absolute monster on the field. Those I think the hardest tackles make to the one-on-one open field tackles. No question. Angles up. Perfect form, man. It was beautiful. And I'm going to say this, and I'm going to hand it right off to Trevor. As crazy as this might sound, I think the beginning of the Texans game, the way it all started, as bad as it was, I think it's the best thing that could have happened to the Chiefs because of the fact that it took the entire team to rally behind Patrick Mahomes and said, let's mm-hmm. fucking get this thing back. Yeah. And within minutes... The Chiefs had a four-point lead and ended up having a double-digit lead and did not look back. I think yeah. it's the greatest thing that could have happened against an AFC South opponent, which the Chiefs have struggled with over the last seven, eight years. It was the best thing that could have happened. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to try to follow that up. But, um, <laughs> I mean, like I said last week, Therese Paler, my guy, our guy, probably my favorite guy to go to when I want to listen to some good Chiefs talk or football talk in general. He said it best, man. He said, heading into this playoffs – these are going to be, especially this past game against the Texans or any team heading into Arrowhead in the postseason, these are going to be over-my-dead-body games for Patrick Mahomes. And that's how I felt every time he touched the ball. And, and especially when you watch that sideline speech when we were down, you know, 24 points, him saying, hey, let's make history. Let's, let's do something special, one play at a time. He means that shit. It's not cliche. It's not, you know, typical quarterback talk. It's it's – it's he means it, and he goes out there and he shows it. He he walks the talk, um, and I'm just it's just amazing to watch this this guy just make history in front of our eyes, and it's just amazing that he's our guy, and it's, it doesn't feel real still sometimes. It doesn't the fact that we we're down by that much. We all pretty much came to terms that the game was over. You know me, dude. I was cussing up a storm in my own house, throwing shit. It was scaring, like watching Scarface, scaring my children. Yeah, yeah. It was it was horrible, but yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> man, dude, let me tell you. I have never seen anything like that, man. Being a Chiefs mm-hmm. fan all my days, this is this was a unique experience. I think for fans, period, not even just Chiefs fans, seeing things like that in the playoffs. I think it's happened a handful of times in the entirety of the league. It's especially in the postseason. I mean, we've seen regular season games, you know, crazy things like that happen. But we saw what happened. We saw what happened when the game evened itself back out. We 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 cut. We got rid of the blunders. We got the blunders out of the way. The special team hiccups. The dropsies. Once that was out of the way, we got back on the field. We evened the game up. We saw who the better team was. We saw, you know, who was winning the dick measuring contest. We know who the real dog is. And that's how I, 
this is how I feel moving forward for the rest of the postseason. This is how I felt he- heading in. Um, unless we beat ourselves, like we've talked about it numerous times, and it felt like that's exactly what we were going to do. It felt like the Titans game again, um, you know, with, with drop passes and, and, and fumbles, and it's just silly things, you know, happening, especially at home. You can't allow that. But, yeah, as far as the magic that we experienced, man, um, a complete – like, like it was funny. Like, you're talking about how we were all around the house, how we all looked literally exhausted. We all looked like we ran, like, a 20K – you know, marathon or something. It was unreal, man. We were all of our hair was messed up. I mean, you know, me and you especially. Um, so <laughs> our chrome we were just, were all yeah, I, mean, I, up, I, I just wanted to go to sleep after that. Yeah, man. I was so like. Usually, I'm wired after a win, but that was just such going from literally rock bottom emotionally, and then all of a sudden, there's a spike of adrenaline just shooting up within a matter of you know ten minutes. Yeah, it was, an, it was unreal. I've never seen anything like it, man. I'm it's special, special, especially as a Chiefs fan. Um, it says this is going to be one of those games that we're going to tell our kids about and our kids are going to tell their grandparents about. The highlights are going to live on forever, especially when you take care of business like we're expecting to. Um, and I'm looking forward to some more history being made this next game too. So, Well, you know, Lance, um, in your in your opening monologue, which was just devastating, by the way, <laughs> uh, I, you you really laid it on thick with the, with the Mahomes praise. And a lot of people might be like, Pump the brakes. Greatest of greatest of all time. Going to be greater than than everybody else has ever played. And that's one way to look at it. But we saw Patrick Mahomes throw four touchdowns in one quarter in week two this season. And after I saw that, uh, I, I, I thought maybe I might see that again at some point in his career. Maybe. But no way in hell did I think I would see it a few months later in the playoffs, <laughs> in a playoff game. Right. I get, you know, so, you know, we've had, we've had so many quarterbacks in this town that, that couldn't do what Patrick can do. And he's, he's just going to end up rewriting expectations for everybody. I mean, probably most fans had, had enough confidence that, if the Chiefs were down fourteen in a game, that uh, uh, yeah, you know, uh, we got we got Mahomes, yeah. but twenty four points, right. and the way it happened, like the way we were giving it away, it was quick. Like, yeah, it wasn't like they were the, the, the Texans' offense was just going out there, yeah. going out there and just shredding our defense. It was, just- and you know, it was. So I I was at the game, and it was it was it was uh, I was I was almost almost embarrassed because people were booing uh, when the Chiefs were down twenty four to nothing. The boos were cascading, and it was. I mean, it was like it was like Pioli era booze, and I felt bad because I I felt like this team didn't deserve that. But but uh, yeah, it, it at the same time though, it was really I was sitting next to first down Ellis, and uh, he kept telling me he said he said all we need is one big play. He said he said we have Mahomes. He said he 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 was he wasn't having a great time obviously, but he said mm-hmm. he said. We can just get one score. We'll, we'll be fine. And I kept looking at the faces of my friends, and I, you know, they were concerned, obviously. Yeah. But at no point did I see the look of of giving up and resignation, and like this is over. And the only way that happens is if you have somebody like Mahomes. And what do you know? He he Mahomes did. So <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a verb now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, I th- think that that says it all, really. Yeah, absolutely, and, and that's so cool too because of the fact that you know you're at the stadium. 
Others are not, but the experience never changed. Yeah, it was the same I, experience. Yeah, you know? it's the best. Like I, I, I think that's my favorite memory so far as, as being a Chiefs fan. And that's saying something. Not, you and I have not missed a game great, in thirty years. Yeah, we've had great moments, even looking back to last year. Uh, but man, just just for the setting that it happened in in Arrowhead, you know, taking the biggest punch possible that almost any team can possibly take, um, and then having the willpower to just. I mean, that's our guy now, yeah. man. And we have that. And it's just, it, like I said, it feels like a dream still. But I think that will all change if we go and, you know, take this thing the whole way. That will all kind of bring us all to reality that it's a real thing. But, man, it's just, I will, this is this is something that would be burned into my brain forever. It was incredible, man. Yeah, just, just the emotional roller, co- yeah, roller coaster know, that people, I went through. People have said, after the game, I was reading a lot of tweets and people were like, that was the greatest game that's ever been played in that stadium. And that everybody was saying that at the end of the game. Well, and so much shit and, was being talked like, as we were in that n- deficit. N- nobody wanted to leave mm. at the end of that game. Yeah. And uh, like the Chiefs, even with uh, y'all might have seen the fireworks. Like we run out of fireworks. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was a troll job. We, yeah. And then they, they shot off fireworks at the end of the game. I don't know if they showed that on TV, but it was yeah. hilarious. And they didn't show this on TV, but there was a, there was a TV timeout and they played. Uh, I've got friends in low places, and I'm, mm. the crowd sang along. Nice. It was like our Sweet Caroline yeah, moment. Chill, and man. I've never heard that song played in that stadium before. Yeah, it's always played at Royal Stadium, Kaufman, okay. but it's never. It was. Yeah. It was really kind of eerie. It made, made like it was like, like a goosebumps moment. Mm-hmm. Like 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 this is the year. Holy shit! Yeah. yeah, like something's happening here. It really puts things into perspective. I yeah, I don't believe in destiny, but man, this is the closest thing. I was talking to a coworker <laughs> the other day. It's this, this, is the closest, case. this is the closest thing. I've, just the way everything's falling into place. For us in the playoff picture, you know, if any of us could choose anybody heading into the playoff picture, who we want to face at home, it would be the Titans and coming to Arrowhead. And then it's all falling into place. It's just, it feels like fate, man. And yeah. it's, it, like I said, I don't believe in that, but it definitely feels like it's making it's me, making uh, a compelling making case. me second guess myself. Well, right? and, and before we go to break, I, I have these numbers also that I had tweeted out, uh, I believe a day after uh, Sunday, which was Monday, uh, through the first three playoff games of, uh, Patrick Mahomes' career, I compared them to yeah. uh, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning's first three playoff games in their career. Pay, uh, Patrick Mahomes has completed 61% of his passes, uh, 894 passing yards, eight touchdowns, zero interceptions, with a 113 quarterback rating, which is the highest in NFL history with a minimum of 100 pass attempts in playoff history. Peyton Manning, 48% completion percentage, 561 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, 58 rating. And everyone's goat, Tom Brady, 62 <laughs> completion percentage, 572 yards, one touchdown, one interception, and 77 uh, rating. Think about that. Think about those numbers for a second. Everybody can sit here and try to downplay that and say, well, look at Patrick Mahomes' uh, weapons around him. People forget that in Tom Brady's first season in the playoffs, he won the Super Bowl. And he threw one touchdown in the playoffs. Right. Patrick Mahomes has thrown eight Balling. touchdowns mm-hmm. in his first playoff games, mm-hmm. first three playoff games. Peyton Manning had a rough start to his career. Didn't even have didn't even have more interceptions and touchdowns until his third season in the league. That's saying something. How much faster Patrick Mahomes is jumping into the greatness status than even the two greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen before him. Mm-hmm. Two of the greatest ever. Sometimes it did, man. The, the think about this too: the Chiefs have won more playoff games with Patrick Mahomes in the last two seasons than they won in the previous twenty-four mm-hmm. seasons. Yeah, that sucks. The only quarterbacks to start the first two seasons with back-to-back AFC Championship games and at least one MVP: 
Dan Marino, mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes. Like I said, guys, this is an unprecedented career we're witnessing here, and we are lucky enough to be the fans of that man. Now, there are going to be a lot more casual fans throughout the country and throughout the globe, but we were the first ones to be able to say that we wanted this guy, and we loved this guy, yep. and he's going to lead us to multiple Super Bowls, and it's about to happen this year. So we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to address a couple things uh, regarding Chris Jones's injury. Is he going to play Sunday or not? We have some strong opinions on that. And we're going to clear up some things as well with that whole thing as far as his injury is concerned. And also, I'm going to tell you why Travis Kelsey is already a Hall of Fame player. We'll get back to all that after this. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed apparel and accessories with an emphasis on counterculture. They're nominated for two Best of KC 2019 awards in the Pitch Magazine and have plenty of designs for both sports fans and anyone else. Find them online at CommandeerBrand.com or follow them at Commandeer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Soft shirts, designed with an edge. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast. I am your host, Lance Twill, here inside the Casey Beard Co. Studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell. What's going on? And the mind behind Red Tribe Cinema, Clay Windler. Here you go. So we ended it off a little bit talking about the the unexplainable greatness of last week against the Texans, what we saw out of Patrick Mahomes, what we saw out of this team, what we saw out of the coaching staff, what history Patrick Mahomes is making. It's just incredible what we're seeing. It's unprecedented. Uh, I left a little bit of a a tidbit out of that as well. I've always been somebody that's very, um, I would say, I would say critical on uh, Eric Fisher. Um, He was the number one overall pick in 2013. So obviously you hold him to a higher standard than any other player because he is the first taken off the board. Um, and it was in a draft where, let's be honest, the Chiefs just had shit luck. That was one of the worst draft classes in the yeah, last several yeah, years. And the Chiefs draft. happened to have the number one pick in that draft. So I think overall the Chiefs made out pretty well because he's still a starter, starting quarter, or starting left tackle in this league, yeah. protecting the best quarterback in the NFL. So that is saying something. Um, this is something that blew me away when I, when I went and looked back and saw this. The Chiefs this season are nine and zero when Eric Fisher is is in the game. No, yeah, he's. We've seen how important he is when he's not on the field. They have it's not lost a game I, since yeah. he's been. I, I I feel like, you know, when he's healthy, this might this is his best year. I think. Yeah. I oh mean, yeah. I mean, he was devastating. I think he knows that he was yeah. devastating in the Texans game. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's just it's really hard for me to fathom that a guy like him, like I said, who I've been so critical of, and I think fairly because he's had some on and off seasons throughout mm-hmm. his career. Um. For him to be that valuable to this team, nine of their twelve wins this season came with Eric Fisher, mm-hmm. and even though he missed the five games, it's just it's incredible incredible to me that, that he was able to you know. Well, he's got his money already. He's been paid, yeah. you know. So yeah. I, I think I think his I think I think simply what's driving him the most right now to perform to his best abilities is winning. Yeah, I think outside of money for most players, for most human beings. Winning at life is is you get high on that shit, yeah. You know, and so if he smell, if you smell a Super Bowl, you know, you, if he ends his career with the with the Super Bowl, you know, he's you know making his case to to get into Canton too. If he has another few years that he plays really really well, I mean, I'm not saying he's that great, but I'm just saying like that having that resume as a lineman rings are huge. Yep. You know, so it's not it's just yep. a, a That's statistical how, thing. It's it's what did you do in the big moments? You know, he's yeah. been playing well in these playoffs so far. That's so. how my that's how my good buddy Mark Schlereth got his job. <laughs> Hey. <laughs> um, you definitely go check it. Check out my uh, little Good little conversation God, with uh, Mr. Schiller. He uh, called me a Dumas. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's French. I think it's yeah. yeah. I think it is yeah. French. It's it's yeah. it's it's a, it's a close like cousin of yeah. dumbass. Yes. Um. So I'll give it to him, Dumas. I am a Dumas, uh, Mr. Stink. Um, just tell him that that you'll apologize as soon as he apologizes for slathering Vaseline 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. On, on his jersey. Greasegate. Yeah, yeah, Greasegate yeah, yeah. back when they played the Chiefs yeah. in 97. Yeah. Absolutely. Greasegate.com. So, I mean, we're, we're – yeah. It, fuck, fuck that. All right. Yeah. So, That's moving cool. on, we, we have some – you know, for the most part, everyone's feeling really good. Uh, the team is primarily healthy. Um, LaShawn McCoy and Chris Jones were, I think, the only guys that were limited participants in practice today. Everyone else was a full go that uh, was healthy coming into the playoffs. And I want to address the Chris Jones thing really quick. Um, my God, there's been so much talk over these last two weeks, I would say, of the theory of why yeah. uh, Chris Jones, or how, rather, Chris Jones got hurt. What is the causation, per se? And I'm, I'm just going to tell Chiefs fans straight up as it is, it doesn't matter how he got hurt in the big picture. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is this. And I, I don't want to sound like a hypocrite here because – I have a strong feeling about Patrick Mahomes doing the same thing that allegedly Chris Jones did, which was play basketball in the facility. Right. According to some reports, Chris Jones got hurt playing basketball. Um, he, uh, according to Saran Petro, Adam Teicher, that is the report, that they saw him fall. He didn't get up at first. Everyone got quiet, and then bas- the game was over as soon as he fell, and he got up slowly and all that. Um, we've heard other reports as well, and um, that seems to be the growing belief. There's also other people like Sam Mellinger that said that was, quote, comical at best as far as him being hurt on the basketball court. And then we heard James Palmer from NFL Network say that he got hurt in Thursday's practice and couldn't practice Friday. And then they said that, you know what, he's not going to be able to go. So the reason I'm saying it doesn't matter is because of the fact that the Chiefs are still alive. And what I mean by that is, and I tweeted this out when we found out that, that when remember Trevor, I came I came back to the house and we were getting ready to watch this game, and we had heard Kent and uh, Pete talk on six ten talking about how Chris Jones is officially inactive. Mm-hmm. We talked about this, and I said if there's any team that is able to rise above this type of because you compare Chris Jones to Aaron Donald, which mm-hmm. is the only player you can really compare him at mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah, yeah. If the Rams lost Aaron Donald in the playoffs, are you picking the Rams to win that game? I don't know. That's my point. Is that this is why it doesn't matter? It's not. It's not because I like or dislike him playing basketball because I actually hate it. I talked about Patrick Mahomes when we saw that video of him at Lifetime Fitness mm-hmm. playing with a bunch of dudes out here in Kansas yeah. City. That pissed me off. Scary. Yeah. I didn't like it at all. Not mm-hmm. because I, I want to see the guy have fun. He's a 20, 24-year-old man. Mm-hmm. Go live your life. But when your profession is something that has to do with your physical health, yeah. I don't want you risking that. It's My just, selfish needs come before you, Pat. You yeah. better not be. Don't be enjoying yourself playing other what sports. What I'm saying you is, if you're if you're a musician, right, and you're doing something that would like, let's say you're an incredible singer, why would I be okay as a fan of yours of of you doing things that are going to wreck your vocal cords? It's just something that I'm not for. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, doing a you know Red Trip Cinema videos. <laughs> <laughs> but. I want to get your guys' thoughts on this real quick. I want to get your guys' thoughts on this real quick because we, I, I don't have a good feeling that Chris Jones is going to play this week. I saw him at practice this uh, today, but he was not running. He was on the field. Yeah, he was on the field, limited participant. He was, he was not running. They showed the video. Arrowhead Pride posted. Everybody else posted it. He's walking around. I would be stunned if Chris Mm -hmm. Jones plays in this game. I'd be even more stunned if he was effective if he played. Trevor, what are your thoughts on this entire situation? I'm glad he's walking. That's good. Um. I, I, this feels like one of those things they're going to write it out right before game time. It's going to be a game time call, so they have to prepare for Chris Jones nonetheless, which is smart. a smart move. You don't want to count him out right away and let everybody know he's not playing so they can just prepare for life without Chris Jones for us and for them, um, specifically for the Titans. I mean, if you you, have, if you don't have to worry about Chris Jones, that's a big sweat off, you know, off, off your back, obviously, so you don't have to worry about that guy coming after your quarterback. 
Um, we're decent against the run without him, so I'm I'm confident with, with or without him. When we saw the deficit we had to endure and come back without him, um, it, it, the pressure getting to the quarterback is different. So Frank Clark's still going to have more on his shoulders. Um, as Terrell Suggs as well, we're going to need pressure from those guys. Um, I don't think Chris Jones is going to play, though. Um, it, may, it would make no sense if he didn't practice all week long and all of a sudden – that's not how calf or, or muscle strains work. You're not just overnight better. Um, it's a That's a weekly thing. I mean, I've had major calf cramps just from playing hours of basketball. And, and, and that – I remember being like a week later and I still had soreness just from having cramps, not even a strain. So I, I can imagine a big guy like that um, – trying to recover that quickly. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, it does piss me off, though, if, if the basketball thing is true. That definitely pisses me off as a fan. Um, and, you know, fans are selfish, and that's what we're supposed to be because, we're, we're you know, we're paying fans. You know, we we, we pay for the product, you know. Um, and I know I, it, I don't want to have, like, that debate of, you know, fan versus, you know, player as an individual or whatever. It's, it's, I'm, it's from the objective view as a fan. Dude, we're in the playoffs, Basketball can wait. Any other activity physically outside of prepping for these games that, you know, us as fans our whole lives have been waiting on, please show some respect to us at least. I'm not I – mean, I don't think that's asking for too much. Um, take, well, the, take the damn basketball goal out of the out of the locker room. Yeah. We don't need anybody. I mean, what, that's not – as soon as the playoffs start at least, get that goal out of there. Well, don't even have that temptation point, there. And to your point about that, that's fair because of the fact – and we're going to get Clay's thoughts on this in just a second. To yeah. your point mm-hmm. – of all people, right? His track record. That's what's the, so the frustrating. Fact that not just what eight weeks ago, yeah. he's calling out Chiefs fans about selling their tickets and things That's like that. That's why I had an issue so, with the first time. He so said he kind of puts yeah. himself in this position right. to where you have to kind of listen. You have to take the music, man, because yeah. of the fact that you are, you know, you're putting yourself as this quote unquote leader and a guy that wants to represent, you know, Kansas City. Well, the fact and that you're out here, you know, yeah. allegedly getting right. hurt playing an extracurricular well, sport and him of all people. With his injury track record That's and who, big yeah. games, you know, yeah. it's just it's man, like you're wanting this money, bro, but you're not yeah. you're not playing the smart game here. You're yeah. not playing the long game. You know, you're 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 over here just putting, you know. So I mean, if you're gonna really really want that paycheck, whether it's with us or someone else, how are you gonna build that resume if you if you're not there in the big games to show out your, your you know your skill set? So yeah. please, as a fan, get yourself right, man. And hopefully, if we win this game without you, go out there and ball out and, and get yourself some money, man. Well, I think the video that that was put out, I think it's probably just a bit of gamesmanship from the Chiefs. I don't think for sure play. Yeah. Uh, and I honestly, I think, I don't even think it's going to be a game time. I think the Chiefs already know he's not going to play because they want him fully healthy for a potential Super Bowl. That's what they need. And honestly, I I think. I think the Chiefs can beat the Titans without Chris Jones. Uh, in fact, I, I really don't think this game is going to be close. So I, I don't think he would he would end up impacting. The, I mean, the Chiefs got run over when they played Houston, right? Yeah, one hundred ninety yards in that game in yep. Week Six. Freaking Carlos Hyde, yeah. I mean, we and they shut him down last yep. week. So yeah, Pinnell's been playing big minutes. He's, you know, he's a good run stuffer. You know, I'm sure. I'm sure there there will be some inter- less interior pressure, mm. but I you know I really feel like yeah. the Chiefs can survive any injury on defense right yeah. now just because of, of of the way the offense is. Yeah, I, I mean I I tend to agree, and we're going to talk more about that later on. I just wanted more than anything to address this head on because we haven't really touched on it on our show yet, mm-hmm. uh, just because of the fact we were still trying to gather facts. But what we do know is that 
this is a legitimate injury. And yeah. as we saw with Mark Ingram in the in the Titans Ravens game just last week, you know he had several yeah. weeks off, yeah. and he was completely useless in that game. And it's a very yeah. similar injury. Yeah. And Chris Jones has about sixty more pounds on him than right. Mark Ingram, so that's another problem to it's think about as well. Yeah. So yeah, that's the, let, let's just let's see what happens. Like I said, I think we all can agree here at the table that. Chris is probably not going to play this week. It's frustrating, man. And I, Clay makes a great point. The Chiefs are just like, hey, man, let's just see it. Let's get him as, to a, as close to 100% as we can get him if, in fact, we do get to that Super Bowl because yeah. that way he'll have an additional two weeks yeah, I mean, to get ready. Listen, if, if, if you're playing Aaron Rodgers in two weeks, you mm-hmm. need Chris Jones, period. Absolutely. Yeah, I 100% agree. So, Absolutely. Uh, I also want to talk about something in this segment. Um, I got really inspired this week, as you guys can already tell, to really dig deep into some some individual um highlights or achievements for the Chiefs. And one of the longest tenured players on this team is Travis Kelsey, who's only 30 years old, uh, but it, but is one of the main veterans on this team, one of the oldest guys on this team, in fact. Um, there's been this assumption of Travis Kelsey. You know, you, you can plug him in for, you know, 75 to 90 catches every single season. Mm-hmm. He's going to give you 1,000 yards. He's been doing that for the last the four seasons. The leading receiver in the AFC this year. The leading receiver in the AFC yeah. with, <laughs> with DeAndre Hopkins, Tyree yeah. Kill, and several other names that you can yeah. use. He led the AFC in receiving yards yeah. Yeah. without Patrick Mahomes for two and a half games, albeit. Um, I looked at some numbers, man, and the fun stats are like the ones, like I said, the consecutive seasons of 1,000-plus receiving yards, which is an NFL record of four. Uh, becoming the only tight end in NFL history to have three receiving touchdowns in one quarter in a single playoff game. People don't think that's a big deal. That's a big fucking deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we talk about the fact that, I don't know if a lot of people knew this, Travis Kelsey averages right under 80 receiving yards a game in his playoff career, which is the most amongst all tight ends in NFL history. This I, is. I would it, love to know what his yak is crazy. too. It, it, well, especially when you consider the fact that he's played half of his playoff games in his career with Alex Smith. Right. Like that's the thing. And here's the other part. You have to factor in the 2017 Titans game when he got a concussion, didn't play the mm-hmm. second half. Mm-hmm. So with all of that considered, he still has the greatest yards per game average in NFL history for tight ends. And we're talking about Rob Gronkowski and yeah. Tony Gonzalez and Jason Wynn. He's a better receiver than all those guys. He's a, he's yeah, a big Antonio receiver. Gates. Yeah. I mean, you can go down the list of all these great tight ends that have played several playoff games throughout their careers. Mm-hmm. He Shannon leads Sharp. all those guys. Shannon, Shannon Sharp. freaking Sharp. Great name. Great, yeah. great name. Yeah, Kellen yeah. Winslow. I mean, all these guys. And he and leads them. Every year. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I, so I, the reason I'm bringing all this up is, is to say this. I truly believe – if Travis Kelsey hung it up this season, I think he makes a Hall of Fame. Yeah. Because of the fact that the tight end position to this point, and it's going to continue to evolve. Like we're going to see more guys like Travis Kelsey as the years come That's on. Because it, yeah, it's becoming George that, that position is is become over the last fifteen to twenty years more of a prevalent pass right. option. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see this more often, but. I truly believe that he, because of the fact that he is a pioneer of sorts, where he's this, you know, route tree of a tight end mm-hmm. that can run any route at any given time, plays more of a wide receiver position. He's made impact on the field that other tight ends have never dreamed of. That includes Tony Gonzalez and Rob Gronkowski, because although those guys were effective, mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey has the ability to turn on the switch of I'm a wide receiver yep. or I'm a tight end, yeah, yeah. and there is a significant difference between the two. So when I say Travis Kelsey is already – there's nothing more he can do in his career to cement his legacy. He's already a Hall of Famer. What would you say to that, Trevor? I absolutely agree. Uh, I think this – this if we get a ring this year, it's just the cherry on top. Like I said, like you said, in in my in your mind, he's already there. I'm 100% with you. Um, Travis Kelsey is my guy. Um, and Tony Gonzalez was my guy growing up, so I've always, I've always been a tight end guy. I like – that's my favorite position to watch. 
Um, yeah, man, Travis Kelsey is the ultimate weapon at the tight end position because people sleep on his blocking ability too. The guy throws nasty blocks. He's stronger than he, a lot of people gave him credit for. Um, the fact that he's finally getting, you know, red zone looks in more often, with, more frequently with Patrick Mahomes. And we saw this in the Texans game, what, four, three touchdowns? I mean, it's in one quarter. It's <laughs> If you have a guy that can do that, and, and then the best thing about him and Pat being together is just the connection that they have. We saw that video about, do you see that video on Showtime where Pat was, or Kelsey was like, how the hell did you know I was going to do that? Just that, that telekinesis mm-hmm. that's going on there, man. It's It's a beautiful thing. Um, and I would I would love watching that just from any team, any 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 duo. But the fact that it's my team and Kelsey's out there doing it with Mahomes, and they know each other so well, that chemistry is so good. Um, yeah, Kelsey, man, his numbers speak for themselves. That's not something that you just anybody can just do, man. Like you said, with Alex Smith, I know Vernon Davis had good numbers with Alex Smith, and you know for a few years there, but it wasn't on, on this on this level. He's just he's a different he's a different breed, man. He's 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 got that. Like you said he's got that switch. We've seen the guy in big games take a bubble screen pass to the flat and then take it to the house for 80 yards. Mm-hmm. Not every tight end can do that. I never saw Tony Gonzalez do that. I never saw Jeremy Shockey do that. All these guys that had were very athletic guys, uh, Sterling Sharp, a lot of those guys that were really athletic tight ends that had wheels. Kelsey's has got this unique wiggle to him, man. He's, 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 he, he could have played receiver. If he, if he started playing receiver from a young age, I guarantee you he could have been, a, if he trained his body for that instead of just being a big guy. Because he didn't really start playing tight end until midway, you know, towards the end of his call it collegiate career. He was a quarterback. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, 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 what that benefits him, though. That's why I think he has a unique perspective mm-hmm. because of his he, ability. He, he's reading the defense. Exactly. So that's why I think when a play breaks down, that's why Mahomes knows. They kind of maybe it's a, it's a quarterback connection between yeah. the two of them it's because they age. both know the it's sweet spots age. of the field to kind of, you know, get to the, the, the little sweet spot. I, I, who knows, man? I, I definitely think the quarterback um, – instincts that he has helps his ability to play tight end so so i wouldn't say he's all of Famer right now but uh i think I, I i think two more years of doing this for sure what if he gets a ring this year maybe but yeah but but i, I i'm pretty sure it's going to happen because thing is you know you talked about that screen pass that he took to the house yes. that was was that against denver four years ago against yeah. denver yes 2015 or 2016 it was incredible yeah I'll never forget that play yeah. because I remember watching that and thinking, holy crap, Travis Kelsey is fast. Yeah. But the deal is now, though, to me, Travis Kelsey looks like he has lost a step. He's not as that. fast as he was on that screen. But he's a better player. He's smarter. I think yeah. he's getting better with age. And, like, I mean, you compare, like, his route running now to what it was when he came into the league, and it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. So I, I really think he's getting better with age, and he's he's – Pretty much going to be a lock for the Hall of Fame. It's scary to think that we may have not seen the best of Travis Kelsey, well, especially yet. in the red zone. It's crazy to think because he's been robbed of a lot of red zone production. Sure, because yeah. there's a lot of times in the red zone we would fail and fail and fail and fail with the uh, Alex Smith era. Well, we just yeah. went and score touchdowns, but now Pat, we saw just like I said, just last game. Well, and you know, the other thing you said, you said uh, something about about we, we haven't seen the best of Travis Kelsey. So I think this was his best year by far. I think it was yeah. better than last year. Yeah, because. Mm-hmm. He was more consistent this year. Efficient. He would have a game last year where he would disappear. He he hasn't disappeared in a damn game. Yeah, maybe not even. He led the AFC in receiving, man. Like, but like every yeah. single game, five, six catches, 70, 80 yards, just yep. week after week after week. Yep. So and, and you know he, and he did all he he had this season with Tyreek Hill missing games, 
Patrick Mahomes all kinds of obstacles Sammy overcome. Watkins missing games. Matt Moore starting. Line yep. being screwed up. Yep. Running backs going in and out. Yep. So I think, stayed yeah. steady. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, and that's if you think about it. I mean, three years he played with uh, uh, Alex Smith. The first three years he played with Alex Smith. Uh, you're looking at. Let's see here. He had 15. At 14 touchdowns in their first three seasons together. He's had 15 in just the last two seasons with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, yeah. you're talking about yeah, his his touchdown numbers aren't going to be they're not going to wow you, but it's it's the it's everything else that Travis Kelsey does because Gronkowski, see, a lot of people and I don't want to make this any longer than we have to as far as this conversation with Gronkowski and Travis Kelsey because that seems to be, you know, people keep saying like, "Well, now Travis Kelsey is the class of tight ends." I I personally think he's been better than Gronk for the last 4 or 5 years because outside of 2011, if you go look at Gronk's career statistically, it's not that impressive. Mm. He's had a few seasons here and there where they've been pretty good. But mm. outside of 2011, we had 17 touchdowns, which mm. is a mammoth year. He had 15, 1,600 receiving yards, yeah. 100 catches. Like, that's a stupid great yeah. season. That's Michael Thomas-level season. Right. And outside of that, he's been hurt a ton. That's the thing that Travis Kelsey has on all these – most yeah. of the, all these other tight ends outside of Tony Gonzalez – Durability, Jason Witten, durability. Those guys had durability. Travis Kelsey is so much lighter than those guys, so much quicker, so much more agile, yet stays healthier yeah. and, and continues to fight through these meaningless injuries like hamstring injury. Did you, look at his stat number and tell me that dude had a hamstring injury and a knee injury. Right. I mean, that's insane to think that that was that was hobbled Kelsey with 10 catches for 134 yards right. and three touchdowns. And that's and crazy. And like, what, 80 yards and pass interference penalties? Exactly. That's, that's another thing that he exactly. values is the fact that he can get downfield yeah. – Draw he those, can do a go those route, penalties. Man. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. And to be able to get you 30 to 40 more yards mm-hmm. on a play that would have been incomplete had it had it not been for his hustle. So right, right. I, I get the, you know, you want to see a couple more years out of him, Clay. For me, because again, because of the fact that we have not seen enough great tight ends in NFL history as far as statistics are concerned, I think it's already a wrap. I just think that because he's already up there with the greats. I mean, I, I was posting the fact that there's been two tight ends in NFL history. One of them is Mike Ditka. He's played about 70 fewer games than Mike Dick already. He already has 40 more receptions and 3,000 more receiving it's yards. It's a different game. It's yeah. a different game, but my point is that Mike Dick didn't make it in because of rings. Yeah. He made it in because they thought he was a great tight end in his era. Right. Travis Kelsey is significantly better than Mike Dick could have ever dreamed of. Athletically, for sure. Athletically, hands, That's route a running. It's a different breeds nowadays. Man. Exactly. He's so. Evolved. I would love to hear people's thoughts on this. If you guys think I'm crazy or if you guys, you know, whatever it is that you guys think about this, I'm of the belief that Travis Kelsey retires right now. He's in Canton in five years. That's just my opinion. We'll leave it at that. We'd love to hear from you guys on that one. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to do the Monday mailbag. Can't wait to hear from you guys. We'll get back to that after this. Handcrafted beard and skincare products with 100% organic ingredients. Kansas City Beard Company offers you oils, balms, soaps, waxes, and combs, giving you everything you need to take care of your beard and skin on a daily basis. Visit CaseyBeardCo.com or follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at CaseyBeardCo. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number three. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KC Beard Co. Studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell, and the mind behind Red Tribe Cinema, Clay Windler. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right to the Monday mailbag. Let's hear what you guys are wanting to talk about. So let's let's have it, Trevor. All right. So the first question is coming from Michael Hernandez. He asks on how how important is it for the Chiefs to win the toss and receive the opening kickoff? I think it's very important, and I'm going to talk about this in a little bit, but I'll go ahead and just talk about it, just give give Michael a little bit of what he's asking for. Um, I think it's absolutely pivotal. I, I, I have not liked 
the Chiefs deferring. I, I really would have liked it if they would have taken the ball. I think they won the toss last week, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. I would have preferred them to just take the ball and set the tempo as an offense because at the end of the day, the offense is what is going to be the driving force of this team, no matter if the defense is better now or not. It doesn't matter. The, this, this team is ran by Patrick Mahomes, and I want him to set the tempo and – yeah, I think it's very vital. I think if the Chiefs, the Chiefs have won 55 coin tosses in the last five years, that's yeah. insane. Yeah. So 10 times a year they're winning the toss. If they win it again this week, it'd be insane to give the Titans the ball first yeah. and let that run game set the tempo of this game. Yeah, I mean, for me, especially in the playoffs, I think I always want the ball first. Um, and if this was like a regular season game, I don't really care that much. But in the playoffs, momentum is one of the biggest factors of these games. And especially with our offense rolling the way we – coming off the game that we, we we dominated that, you know, ending that game, I want to keep that momentum rolling. I want to get the ball first. I want to score quickly. I want them to chase us the entirety of the game. And that's the plan because that's – because you know the Titans are going if to you, – if you give them the ball first, it's going to play into their strength. I mean, I, you don't really have a choice unless you win the toss, obviously. But if we win the toss, I'm definitely taking the ball. So. You know, I'd love the ball first because uh, you know I want to get the ball. I want to score, but I don't think the Chiefs are gonna. They're gonna, if they win the toss, they're gonna kick it off because yeah. uh, you know that's what Andy Reid does. And last week, especially with the Chief, Chiefs, took it worked the out. Yeah. Chiefs took the lead for halftime, and then the first possession they came <laughs> down and scored. So Andy's setting his ways. He's he's not changing now. And actually, you know, thinking about it, I mean, if. If hell freezes over and uh, Chiefs are trailing by by six or ten points or something at halftime, and the Titans get the ball and they go like on an eight minute drive and score a touchdown, yeah, no, thank you. Right. Thank you for All the right. question, Michael. Yeah, thanks, Michael, buddy. Um, next question is coming from Ben Hall. Ben asks, "Who is the better team this year's? Who is the better team this year's Titans or last year's Patriots?" Mm, it's tough. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to probably say the Patriots of last year because of the fact that they still had Gronkowski and they had the better coaching staff for sure. Um, and I would go as far as to say I think that Tom Brady was still slightly better than Tannehill is this year. Um, Tannehill is a good quarterback, but Tom Brady, although he did not play well in the playoffs, was a, was a still I would say an above average, average to an above average quarterback all of last season. Right. Um, and that defense was better than the Titans defense of this year. Yeah. So I'm going to yeah. say, I'm going to say the 2018 Patriots. Yeah, I'm going to go with you that too. Um, there's no way in, in my mind I can see the Patriots of last year in that division going nine and seven. Uh, that's not even a possibility in my mind. Right. That, that Patriots team last year would have absolutely destroyed this division. Yeah. Um, obviously the quarterback advantage, they have the advantage damn near everywhere except running back. Um, yeah, it's the Patriots for me running away. Well, and, and just to add to it real quick before Clay gets to his, yeah. I think that Derrick Henry kind of, well, not kind of, absolutely does blanket over a lot of the holes that this Titans team does have. Yeah, but that, that they also have shows your weakness, though, because if you lose him, that's my point. What do you have that, left? That's what I'm saying. Like the Patriots, although they weren't a great team, in my opinion, last season, right. they were good across the board. I oh, mean, they, they were that good. That defense was still very good. Yeah, yeah they, for like sure. I said, Gronk Especially was, situational, situational yeah, defense. Gronk was sure. still effective. Um, the offensive line was decent. And the. Their run game was really good yeah. last season. James White so, was great last year. Yeah, so they weren't Derrick Henry, but they were good. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the Patriots as well because, I mean, even though the Chiefs scored a lot of points in those two games against the Patriots last year, Patriots defense was pretty much the only thing that slowed down Mahomes. And Both times. Yeah. When the Chiefs went into Tennessee, I mean, the only thing that stopped the Chiefs was the Chiefs. They were going up and down the field. 
Mahomes had 440 yards and three touchdowns or something. So, uh, I, actually, I don't even think it's close. I think, yeah, I think, I think the Titans kind of an are, unfair comparison. They're a little overrated yeah. this, this year. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, thank, Ben. Yeah, thank you, Ben. Um, next question is from Jeremiah Joe Murray. Uh, Jeremiah asks, "Can the Chiefs use Dorian O'Daniel to slow down Derrick Henry?" I like that question. Okay, look, I think it's kind of an. I, I like the question too because I like Dorian O'Daniel. Because he, he looked really good last week. I think it's unfair to like add one name and then you know versus Derrick Henry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Derrick Henry is a one-on-one game. Derrick Henry, Derrick John Henry, I should say, is not just a running back. He he's a force, and I don't just say that as just some cliche. He really is. Like you saw the Ravens and Patriots stack the box. And it looked like paper mache. It was just, it was embarrassing almost to that point. So for me to say, hey, we'll throw a special teams player out there and that'll be, you know, a, a potential killer for mm. Derek Henry, that could be the answer. I think it's just unfair to Dorian O'Daniel. I don't think it's, that's really, that can't be something he can yeah. do possibly as a person, one individual. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure for a guy, like you said, who's been a special teamer, who, even though I've been, a, I've been a big DOD fan. Since he was drafted by us, I loved his skill set. He's a very good open field tackler. He uses I think, Casey Beardco yeah, for others. I think, and I think that's one of the reasons why why Jeremiah asked this question because we've seen his his open field tackling abilities, whether it's on kickoff returns or it's on his ability to play coverage is really impressive too. But that doesn't really come into play with you know facing Derrick Henry. It's whether you can get Derrick Henry down or not. You know, tackling him low. Yeah. Because um, meeting him at his chest is a mistake. Um, but I do think I do think he will be a factor. I don't think it's going to be a noticeable factor, but I think just having him out there, his ability to to Cover ground quickly. He's got quick feet, um, but him and you know Dirty Dan are similar players as far as what they bring. Um, they're not the greatest at any particular thing, um, but they're they're guys that will do the dirty work and they will you know we just need guys that are willing to risk their bodies and and, and throw their body at Derek yeah. Henry to, to you know at least slow him down or make a tackle or you know gang tackle and be a part of the gang tackle. Yeah. yeah. Um, Dorian O'Daniel. He's like a pass coverage linebacker. I mean, yeah. He made his name. He's kind know, of a Swiss Army guy. Shutting down running backs, catching the ball in the flat. In the flat, yep. So I think I think he could help the Chiefs stop Derrick Henry if somehow Anthony Hitchens <laughs> picked up Dorian O'Daniel and threw him at Derrick Henry. Yeah. We're going <laughs> to see a slingshot. That might help. We're going to see a lot if, of raggling. If, 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 if you can, like – Carry a player in your pocket on the field, <laughs> and he doesn't count as the twelfth guy, and you just throw. Or, or Hitchens can absorb him, and he just like, like, like a pokeball. Like a pokeball. So, answer your question. Yeah, if they can use Dorian O'Daniel as a projectile weapon, <laughs> shoot him out of like a potato gun. No, like, pokeball. Dorian. If they do that, they got to be careful to throw him butt first. Yeah, because if he hits him with his helmet, it's going to be, be a penalty. Yeah, so, you can't yeah. have that. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for the question, man. Yeah, appreciate it, Jeremiah. Um. Next question is from uh, Britton McLaughlin. Um, will Antonio Brown ever play in the, in the league again? And thoughts on the police video? Okay, to answer your first question, frankly, no. He he will yeah. never play in the NFL again. He's yeah. making sure of that himself. It's so bad that Drew Rosenhaus, of all the shadiest of agents ever, dropped him until he's going to get help. And we all know Antonio Brown, at least to this point, has shown no signs of him willing to yeah. help himself. Um, no, I do not think he's going to play in the league again. Um, and what was the second question? Is uh, and the thoughts on the police video? I didn't even see the police. Okay, video. so the video that I think Britain's talking about is um, when he's at his house and his kids are going to oh mom. the little penises or whatever. He, he th- yeah, he throws the gummy bears of penises right. at her, and then the, the video shows him basically just calling 
um, the cops bitch ass n words mm. over and over and over and over again for about Sal- five six minutes. Salutations. Yeah, and then he's like basically provoking this one cop to come up to him. And the cops, I, I will say, they did a pretty good job of being professional. They didn't really give him any time of the day. They just they were there to watch the kids get to mom, and then they headed out. Yeah. Um, the, Antonio Brown is a complete buffoon, and yeah. like I said, it, he's doing everything in his power to waste whatever talent he has left, which is a lot. He's only in his own young 30s, and it's just really unfortunate to see, and I think that video was absolutely despicable, and it's really it breaks my heart yeah. to see, and it's none of my business what goes on in his personal life, but since he projected it, I kind of have to react to it. It's really sad to see his two young sons yeah. have to see that from their father because they're never going to forget that. Yeah. So. The only league I think Antonio Brown's going to ever be in again is the uh, the local psych org flag football pickup league. <laughs> um, I just – I don't – the guys – I mean, I say that lightheartedly because I know mental health is not a joke. But the guy does need help. He's not right. Um, I, lo- I loved – this is coming from a big Antonio. Even though he was a stealer, even though he, he was part of teams that broke my team's heart, I loved Antonio Brown. His skill set was one of the most unique skill sets. He's similar to Tyreek Hill, so you know, similar type guys. So they're ex- exciting players to watch. Um, maybe the XFL gives him a shot. That's I think that can definitely happen. I don't know if I, I just him playing in the NFL is. I'm pretty sure he's pretty much blackballed from the league. I don't. He's just nothing but trouble. He's bad PR all the way around. Um, he's got so much off field issues. Yeah. Well, because what? What? Like, okay, let's say a team signs him right now, right? Right. Who okay? First of all, he's going to bring nothing but negative attention from the media, which is what coaches do not want. Right, he has his little entourage everywhere he goes, and he's not going to want to play for a bad team. Right. And who's to say he's actually going to play? And if he goes to a good team, they're going to become a bad team. Right? No. <laughs> um, what happened with the Saints thing? Right. So, so from what I got, what I gathered is Sean Payton was basically doing his quote unquote due diligence to see what Antonio Brown would do. It was basically testing him out, and he came there with the entourage after Sean Payton specifically told him. Do not bring camera crews. Don't bring any of your friends. It's just you. Your trainer's fine. Yeah. Just you. He, he showed up with about 25 people. Yeah. And so Sean Payne's like, oh, okay, we get it. This guy is just clearly not serious about playing football. He's just about himself. Fuck you. You Thanks, can have yourself a great day. Yeah. yeah, and they signed some okay. nobody. So, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> pretty much. Yes, simple. there you go. Yeah. Good question, though, Britton. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thanks, bud. Um, uh, ever, this next question, it's not really a question, but it's. I think it's more he's just curious to what our thoughts are for this. Uh, ever has uh, it says Connor returning to the octagon? Yeah, yeah, uh, exciting that's, man. That's very exciting. Um, the, the the Connor McGregor thing is so interesting because of the fact that throughout the years of UFC, we've always seen these giants, these you know these massive alpha males that have come and gone and have you know made their mark on the UFC. I don't think anybody has quite ever made the mark that that Connor McGregor has, being such a little man but such yeah. a boisterous voice and and the alpha male that he is and being in the mouthpiece that he is and oftentimes more often than not backing it up with his octagon talent and skill and effectiveness, being yeah. able to drop guys like Josie Aldo who was undefeated for ever dropping him with one punch i mean he's a legend and Mm -hmm. this is always going to be good whether he's at his peak or not right it's great for the ufc because of his marketability his value to this this league and going against donald cerrone is so cool i love it because of the fact that donald cerrone is on the way out yeah he has the most wins in ufc history i think it's 23 Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah i mean it's a a really cool setup because cerrone's like this big time fan favorite Mm -hmm. and so is mcgregor so it's not like this like bad blood situation which just gets it gets so cliche in the fight. They both world. have mad respect for each other. Yeah. Oh, great. These guys hate each other, but at the end of the fight, they're going to hug it out and act like right. they're best buds because they made bank. 
these two yeah. guys like each other. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of cool. I think it's this is really good. For the, yeah, I really mm-hmm. think it's refreshing for the UFC because we've seen the whole act of, you know, he hates this guy. I'm Gunnar McGregor. You know, yeah, like, yeah. he just does his thing. And it's cool, but it's like it gets kind of tired. So it's yeah. kind of cool to see this where he almost plays like classy. It's just I like I it. think he's I think he's working on his image. Conor McGregor, McGregor anyways. Um Conor McGregor is one of the greatest showmen in any in, in sports entertainment history. Can't the wait guy, to see his life. I movie. mean, he, he's I'm not going to say he's Muhammad Ali of our time, but he's up there. He's one of those guys that everyone wants to watch. Regardless, I mean that the draw that he had did he had had with with that Mayweather fight alone was incredible. Uh, he's just fun, man. He's fun to watch. He's he's like a beautiful train wreck every time. He, I mean, he's obviously one of the most talented fighters we've ever witnessed. Um, he's the savior for the UFC right now. The UFC, I feel like, was struggling a little bit. The cards have been decent. Uh, but not even like not even the likes of John Jones and guys like that, who's one of my favorite fighters ever, maybe my favorite fighter. Who is ever. the goat? Who's the, yeah? I mean, as far as skill set, I mean, his 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 resume is a little bumpy. But Conor McGregor, man, he's like I said, he's the savior. He's he he's what the UFC needs right now in this. And I love. I'm a big Cerrone fan. Always being big on Cerrone. Um, I think this is gonna be. A, I honestly think this is actually gonna be a good fight. Um, as much as people think that Connors is gonna go in there and mop him up, Connors been out of the game for a little bit. Cerrone hasn't. Uh, Cerrone's pr- kept pretty consistent, and he's a very you know knowledgeable, skilled fighter. Um, but he I think, fights all the time, right? That's what I'm saying. He stays <laughs> sharp all the time. I'm not saying Conor hasn't stayed sharp on his off his, this this off time, but I think it's actually going to be a better fight than people imagine. But I got Conor taking this one. I'm excited to see him on the, the octagon again for sure. I have absolutely nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's an honest answer. You could be like, yeah, bullshit, 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 UFC, bullshit, Dana White, blah, bullshit, blah. Nick Diaz, bullshit. Where's he going to come back? Bullshit. <laughs> bullshit, bullshit. <laughs> All right. Uh, last question is from our guy, Billy Hodge. Uh, Billy asks, no question. Or he doesn't. I guess he doesn't ask. because He says starts off with no question. Uh, no question this time. Just want to thank you for giving up your Friday nights for us. You three guys have been amazing and making this season more fun, and I hope you continue doing this podcast during the offseason after we win the Super Bowl. Exclamation mark. Hell yeah, man. Uh, Appreciate it, Billy. Yeah, man, that's really I'm cool. And, right and, and, and Billy always has uh, questions. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was a few weeks ago at, at, the, at Arrowhead – uh, Billy came up and shook my hand and everything, and it was just a really nice guy, man. I really appreciate it. I don't think I've met him before that, and I haven't talked to him since. Uh, but but people like Billy, man, are, is what makes this fun. I, yeah, I mean, man. like I said, when we go to Chiefs games or on, on the spoken – Getting people to to talk and converse. I don't even have to be a part of the conversation. Seeing people, and, and I talked about this in my uh, post about how we're nearing ten full years as the spoken, and now we're uh, you know a lot of things are about to start popping for our podcast. Uh, to be able to see people make connections and friendships out of this that otherwise would have never known each other is what makes me happy. Yeah. And to make friends personally, if I can be selfish for a second, yeah. to to meet people through this and make lifelong friendships. I mean, I would would have never met Clay had yeah. I never started the Spoken because I would have never met Shane Williams, yeah. who introduced me to Clay. And so uh, this is this is to me, man, if I died tomorrow, I feel like this I did what I wanted to do. And yeah. this was this was to start something that brought everybody to a platform where they felt like they had an equal voice. And that's what this is. And that's why we do Monday mailbags. And Billy, I uh, you're you're one of the very many people that I truly and sincerely appreciate. And uh thank you for for saying that. I'll be honest with you though, man, I'm not gonna lie. It's not much of a sacrifice, at least for me, because of the fact that this is my life. Yeah. And I truly enjoy giving you guys said content. And I, I, it means the world to me that you take your Friday nights or whatever nights you listen to this, you take that time yeah. and give me a little bit of your day. That means that, that humbles me beyond my words could express. Yeah. I mean, 
it feels good to be appreciated. It feels good to be, you know, admired for what we do. Um, even though it doesn't feel like we're doing much because this is something that me and Lance have done our entire lives and we've been always been passionate about it. We've always talked shit. Um, we've had fist fights over this kind of shit. So growing up, I mean, it's, uh, this is, uh, thank you, Billy. Thank you to everyone who listens. Um, it's like I said, it feels good to be appreciated and, you know, acknowledged for, you know, the time we do take out, even, even, even though it's inconvenient or convenient for us either way, it doesn't really matter. This is what we like to do. Even if nobody listened, honestly, even if we didn't have a lot of listeners or in general, um, this is just stuff that we we like to do, and this is something that I personally, the way I look at podcasting and just getting you know my voice recorded for you know just for having a legacy, kind of building a semi legacy of you know my kids can go back and listen to me talk, or you know I can go back and listen to things that I said that if I predicted this or that, or just just being a fan in general of sports and the, the fact that how sports, the magic of sports of bringing people together and creating relationships, like you just said, of people that we probably would never have done it without sports being in play. Um, it's a beautiful thing, man. And I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it. I'm glad I can be doing it with my brother. Um, and I'm glad you guys are, you know, taking the time out of your day to, you know, take an hour and a half, two hours out of your day. You like know, last to, week, three hours. Exactly. So I mean, like I say, too. like it, that, that means a whole lot, man, that you guys are taking really anything or inconveniencing, inconveniencing you, you're taking your time out. We're just having fun and shooting the shit. You guys are taking your time out to listen to us. And that's important. And it's, and it's, and it's, it's humbling. It's fun. Um, and yeah, we definitely plan on going, you know, for a while, uh, for the foreseeable future. And, uh, I appreciate the support, man. Thank you. Uh, the, the work is always its own reward for me. Like, I mean, I, I'm just a humble producer on this show, but, uh, Lance asked me to produce a couple of audio, audio pieces for, for tonight's show. And, uh, I not, I mean, I had, I had a, blast put him together and then when i see his reaction to it that makes me feel really good oh yeah and and i mean i just the 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 skills that that i've developed over the last 10 15 years it's always it's always fun to me i mean i i used to do this professionally i used to work for sbnation.com but but before then it was always stuff i did for fun Mm -hmm. and you know the things i do uh the reason that they they happen is because they're fun for me, and and if I if I hadn't started doing these things, I like Lance said, we would have never met. And uh, iron sharpens iron, baby. baby, baby. Yeah, no doubt. Like I say about that. No doubt, oh, yeah, man. Man. And and to echo off of that, man. I mean, the fact that, like I said, our show. If you want to be thinking anybody, just put it up like this. Put give it to Clay, man, because yeah. we're we're the talking heads over here. But he's the one that actually puts the quality to this thing. Because but you go go listen. How about this? I challenge you guys to go back and listen to our first episode. Go listen to the first 10 minutes. Trevor wasn't even on the show yet. Yeah, so it, was it wasn't just, good. It was just Eddie and I in my living room. And, yeah, you're right. And fuck you, but, yeah. But yeah <laughs> fuck you, but, yes. Um, I bring the sex. I, 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 we literally just bring it in. I just start talking. And it, it's because, although I felt like I knew what I was going to do, we were so lost. And it was just a bunch of guys talking. And then Clay and Shane and all my buddies from Arrowhead Pride and all my guys from 610, 810, and all these other places came, started coming on and being so kind to add the quality. And as time has gone on, I've asked Clay, hey, man, I have this I have this idea, man. Can you say no more, dude? Within hours, a day later, he's got it. And it's, it's better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> so needless to say, man, we do this for you guys. And we appreciate the fact that you guys – enjoy this show and that's why we keep doing it because it's fun and as long as you guys are having fun we're gonna keep fucking doing this so thank you again to billy and everyone else that's supporting because like i said we have a chain of people that add comments and things of that nature and we just 
That is why we do it, man. So thank yeah. you so much, guys. Can't say that enough. And I'll leave it at that because I keep rambling about it. But yeah. when we get back, we're going to talk some conference championship predictions. Mm-hmm. Boy, it is the week, guys. This is this is where the Chiefs have been um, held at the door for a couple of times over the last 25, 30 years. Oh, no. Will the Chiefs <laughs> will the Chiefs hold the door? Hold the door. Hold the door. Hold the door. We'll be back after this. Midcoast Modern is a Kansas City focus on modern handmade and small brands. A resource for design-centric home goods, apparel, jewelry, artwork, and limited edition gifts. We support makers, artists from the Midcoast, and bring in goods from makers, artists around the U.S. to offer a unique selection. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number four. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KC Beard Co. Studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell, and the mind behind Red Tribe Cinema, Clay Windler. All right, so we're going to get right to this, guys. We have conference championship games to to talk about. There are two humongous games this weekend, both on Sunday. Chiefs versus Titans, Niners versus Packers. I got a lot of takes on this one, on the Chiefs-Titans game. I'm not going to start mine off because I did that to start the show. I'm going to give my guys the floor first. Trevor, Clay, what are your thoughts? What are your your predictions? Your overall analysis on this Chiefs versus Titans game this Sunday? Yeah, I mean, I like to save for the podcast. I like to kind of just go right off the cuff. I don't like to even think about it too much during the week. I know it's kind of you think the other way around. You think I should come in prepared. I like to think of it right as the, in the moment how I'm thinking about the game and the game. The way I'm thinking about the game, man, is I am so confident. I'm so confident heading into this matchup. Like, I know I shouldn't be too confident because of what the Titans have done to get here. They've, they've pretty much played, like, four straight playoff games just to get where they're at, and I respect the shit out of that. I respect Coach Vrabel and all the players that have gotten them there. They're a, that's a tough group. I just think – I know we can we can all – everybody immediately wants to go back to the, the previous matchup earlier this year, and we can do that, but they're pretty much the same team that they were in that moment. We're not. And we still should have beaten them. We beat ourselves that game. Tyreek had a great game. Their corners are not going to be able to contain Tyreek again. We're not going to have the blunders that we had that game. We're not going to have. We're not going to have to settle for six field goals. We're not going to have the the muffed uh, the blocked field goal. We're not going to have the muffed play. Or isn't that the play where Colquitt had to throw it away? Yeah. Yeah. See, we're not going to have. I don't. That's we got that out of the way this past week. That's out of the way. We're, we're, we we understood. We we understood. We we were thrown into the fire for a second. We knew, we now know that we don't like it and we don't want to go back to that. We're going to come out sharp. I believe. I don't even care if we get the ball first. We are going to shred this defense. We're going to. Patrick Mahomes went off last time. The only reason the only reason the Titans were in that game is because we had an absolute boneheaded defensive scheme set up for that game. We blew it. Spags blew that, that game plan. It was awful. We've seen Andy, the great Andy Reid even have a bad offensive uh, uh, game plans heading into games. So Spags, that was that was the that was the game where Spags blew it. We should have beat them. We should. We had no business losing to them, whether it's in Tennessee or in Kansas City. Now the fact that they're coming into this cold ass weather in Kansas City, what we just did, you coming off that that thunderous momentum that we have behind our back right now, coming off that game we just had. I know that they they've been willing out some games, and there was a very impressive, especially impressive win against Baltimore. Had the way they contained Lamar Jackson, but Lamar Jackson doesn't have the, the field vision that Mahomes has. He doesn't have the ability, the arm talent that Mahomes has, and he doesn't have. And Lamar Jackson doesn't have the weapons that that Patrick Mahomes had. This 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 offense is a nightmare for that defense had coming into Kansas City. I don't care how how much these guys believe in each other and the Titans. 
I know I'm sounding awful confident. It's because I am, man. I just seeing what happened against the Texans when the game when the, the game was even again. We were just head and shoulders better than them. And I believe that's what we're going to show again. We were head and shoulders better than the Titans last time, and we're going to show it this time, but even more because our defense is much improved. We're going to be ready for Tannehill's uh, 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 ability to extend plays. He's not going to beat us like he was. Adam Humphreys is not going to be scoring a goddamn touchdown on the, to, to ice the game or you know whatever. I just don't – we're not going to have the blunders. Um, I think Mahomes is going to come out sharp. Um, Suggs and, and, and Frank Clark, I believe, are going to bring the pressure. Uh, and Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry can get his man. I don't really care. I think Derrick Henry can get his, and we can still win by double digits and walk out of there, you know, you know, and, and wash our hands of that game. Um, I don't think we're going to be able to really stop Derrick Henry. Like I said, I think he can get his, and that's fine. Um, obviously, you want to force Tannehill to, to beat us. That's the goal. You want to slow Derrick Henry down and, and force third and long, so so we're forcing Tannehill to throw the ball. Um, but I just think I think. Tyron Matthew, I think Frank Clark, they've all heard the chatter. They've all, you know, especially from these Titan fans, these Titans fans that are confident, overconfident, you know, just like the Texans fans were because they beat us earlier in the year. Same situation. Um, but this is a team you have to respect. This is a team that, that fought, you know, tooth and nail to get here where they're at, and they should be respected on all facets of the game. Um, but we have the biggest X factor in the entire league, and Patrick Mahomes, and he showed that last week. Um, and that, to me, I feel like we're going to have the lead the entire game. I don't think there's going to be one moment in this game that we're trailing. Um, I just, I think like I, like I told you this, this almost the entire year and we saw it last week and I felt validated in my point, not that necessarily that we had a lot of hidden plays, but is the aggressiveness of the offense that we didn't really see all year, especially in the red zone. Yeah. And what did we do last week? Andy Reed pulled it out, pulled the zipper down and pulled it out and showed everybody. <laughs> He showed everybody the aggressiveness that he has when we have a Mahomes. Andy D. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying, dude. Um, we saw it, man. We saw the aggressive. We saw the playmakers out there unleashing hell. Um, and I'm expecting us to continue. I know, I know the Titans are. I think the Titans are actually the best offense in the red zone this year. I think they scored they like scored 71 percent of their red zone offensive drives on That's touchdowns. They scored touchdowns. They haven't for a field goal on like 40 plus trips or something like that. It's unreal. That changes this week. That changes this week because our defense is going to be ready. We have experienced guys in Suggs who's going to have that locker room ready. He's going to have those youngsters ready. I believe this linebacker core, I think we're going to see a lot of Reggie Raglan and and, and, uh, and Pinnell. Um, I think we're going to be ready, man. I think this defense is, is going to slow Derrick Henry to a little bit. Uh, not to the degree, degree where it's extremely noticeable. I think he gets 100 yards still. That's fine. I think he's, they're going to be trailing, though, and I think they're going to have to depend on Tannehill, and, and we're going to end up with at least a double digit. I'm saying – at least a 12, 13 point victory. Listen, in the game in Tennessee, so many things went wrong that, that just, I mean, you never see the things that happen in that game that the Chiefs happen right. in, on your, in your average NFL game. We had, I mean, Dame Williams fumbled at midfield and gets returned for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Chiefs screw up two special teams plays. Right. right. And, Mahomes balled out too. He had four hundred fifty plus Mahomes passing balls yards. out, and, yeah. and they end up settling for all these field goals. And but the thing that I keep coming back to about that game is, even though Derrick Henry had a great game, Derrick Henry did not beat the Chiefs. No. In the end, it was Ryan Tannehill who had to beat the Chiefs, and he had to beat him. He, he had to pull two drives out of his ass mm-hmm. 
beat the Chiefs. He did it, yeah. And, and you know, credit to him for doing it. But we it. didn't account for but, his, his mobility. Listen, if you go back watch that last drive, the Titans had like a minute and a half and no timeouts. And right. They had to go 70 yards, I think, to right. score the game-winning cut. The deal is, man, the, the Chiefs were so discombobulated after after what happened on that 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 uh, that blocked kick right right before the Titans right. went down and scored. I, I I don't know what happened, but if you go back and look at that drive, the Chiefs were in like straight man defense, four man rush the entire drive, mm-hmm. and they didn't even begin to attempt to adjust. Right, and nobody was calling timeouts because the Titans had no timeouts. So everything was just – it was chaos, and the Chiefs just didn't change anything. And I really think if the Chiefs had, had called a timeout when all that was going on and they had been like, okay, let's just let's just sit back in, in zone here and, and try to keep everything in front of us. Right. Because it was just a bunch of big plays. It was like five, six plays, huge plays there at the end. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know – that's not the Chiefs' defense that that we've come to know at this oh, point. Yeah, since then, so we've I, only allowed I really twelve think, points a game. I really think it doesn't matter what, what unless Derrick Henry rushes for three hundred yards and right. four touchdowns. Right. I, I really think the Chiefs are just head and shoulders better than this team. Absolutely. And I really think they're going to win by double 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 digits. Mm-hmm. And, and basically, at the end of the day, Derrick Henry is not going to beat the Chiefs because Patrick Mahomes is too good. So mm-hmm. it's going to have to be Ryan Tannehill. And I'll be a monkey's uncle before Ryan <laughs> Tannehill comes into Arrowhead Stadium and beats Patrick Mahomes, period. Here we go. Can the Chiefs stop Derek John Henry? No. Absolutely not. Can anyone? The no, Chiefs no. are going to have to make every offensive possession count. Do not defer if they win the toss, which is my personal opinion, but I think I think Clay is 100% right. Andy is stuck in his way, so I do fully anticipate that they will kick if they end up getting the, the coin toss in their favor. But they got to go get quick points. They have to force Tannehill to beat, beat them. If Derek John Henry gets 30 to 40 rushes, the shit can be pretty dramatic. Traumatic, I should say. Now, Craig Stout of Airhead Pride said earlier this week that he expects the Chiefs to run a ton of single high safety with Kendall Fuller and have Honey Badger in the box a ton uh, in this game to add a mix of uh, – add a, uh, a talented body into the mix, which I do like because I think Tyron is absolutely deadly when he's in the box yes, yeah. uh, to help Great with short, intermediate it. passes yeah. and, in, and the run yeah, game. And yeah. Derek, Derek, Henry, yeah. Derek Henry is absolutely deadly when he gets outside of the tackles, and Derek, that's where Tyron likes to reside. Now, as far as the Chiefs' offensive attack and how I expect the Titans, did to count, the, the Titans defense to counter, or at least try to counter, I fully expect that Vrabel uh, has been beating into his players' heads that they – must and I mean must take away Travis Kelsey. You saw just how fluid and how uh, and how quite frankly how easy the Chiefs' offense moved the ball when Mahomes runs the offense through Kelsey. And since the AFC Championship of last year, you've seen teams copy and paste Belichick's game plan against the Chiefs and forcing Mahomes to go to his third and fourth options. Mm. Which is why I think this could very well be the Tyreek Hill breakout game. And I use the phrase breakout because it's been since the 2018 divisional round since we've really seen Tyreek make an actual impact in a playoff game, and I think that's fair. Uh, I think he changes that this week and repeats something close to what he did against the Titans in Week 10, which was 11 receptions, 157 yards, and a touchdown. And here's the biggest thing. Tyreek talked that shit this week, talking about they can't stop him. And he, he obviously you know, prefaced it by saying no disrespect to the Titans. It's just I believe in me and my guys. And I fully, I fully believe and fully expect him to back up every single word this week. I do think Tyreek's going to have a monstrous game this week. And I heard Greg Cosell uh, say today on air that he – 
he thinks as an opposing defense that you're more comfortable with Kelsey getting 95 receptions and 90 yards than Tyree getting over 100 yards. And I found that interesting for a couple reasons. For one, the obvious difference in production. Obviously, 100 yards is better than 90, but I also found it interesting because I don't think that most people get or are are aware of the fact that this offense, this Chiefs offense, runs through Mahomes and Kelsey far more than it does Mahomes to Tyreek. Now, that's no knock on Tyreek or how valuable he is, but we've seen the consistency of Kelsey in this offense, whether it were with Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes, or hell, even Matt Moore throwing in the ball. His production does not dip. I went back and looked. And since 2018, the Chiefs are 20 and four in games that Tyreek fails to reach 100 receiving yards, and are only five and three in games in which he does receive or have 100 or more receiving yards. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, since 2018, the Chiefs are 16 and seven in games that Kelsey fails fails to reach five receptions and 90 yards, and are 12 and one in games that he does reach five five receptions and 90 plus yards. So you see the difference in how the team fares when Kelsey performs at a high level and the offense essentially runs through Mahomes throwing to him? It's night and day different. Not that the Chiefs aren't great when Tyreek Hill goes off, but this offense is at its best when Travis Kelsey is the pivotal receiving piece. When this offense runs through that, that's when they click the best. the safeties, and the safeties got to worry about them. And when it comes to what mentality the Chiefs have to have offensively, the Chiefs cannot worry about winning the time of possession battle because they will not. I've heard all week long radio hosts across national guys, local guys are all saying, well, they need to focus on the time of possession. No, they're not going to win the time of possession this game. They have to worry about how many drives end in sevens. We saw seven straight end in seven last week, and that trend has to continue. It won't matter. And if if it does continue, it won't matter what Derek John Henry does. Let's remember that Derek John Henry, like Trevor and, and Clay both said, had 188 yards and two touchdowns versus the Chiefs in Week 10, and the Chiefs still had a nine-point lead with less than 12 minutes yes. left in the game. Yes. Yep. That stat line is identical to his Patriots and Ravens games in these playoffs. Only difference is the Chiefs are the only one of those teams that should have won the game. Both the Patriots and Ravens games, you had this sense. The Titans, they have this exactly where they want it to be. Patriots was close, but you knew that Brady just could not manufacture any scoring drives. Plus 14 points. Right. And so what was the ultimate difference? The Chiefs made his horrific mistakes down the stretch like Clay alluded to. Only the Chiefs beat the Chiefs. Like we've been talking about all damn season. Don't make those mistakes. Maintain mentality. Hashtag touchdowns only. And the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl for the first time in five decades, guys. Mm-hmm. If you can recall from last week's episode, when I posed the question, if you take Tyreek for Derek John Henry trade, remember the biggest reason why I asked it and how I was proud of Chiefs fans that they vehemently opposed even even if they didn't really know why. Because logically, it makes more sense to make a trade based upon individual production which clearly Derrick John Henry has been better than Tyreek so far in this postseason. But as I said, the Chiefs are the only team in the playoffs that wouldn't get better with trading for Derrick John Henry. And that speaks volumes that even I can't explain. Look, this Titans team, although tough, will be fatigued coming into this matchup. Give credit where credit is due. And you all know that I've been ringing the bell all season long as the most dangerous matchup for the Chiefs, which is the Titans. But even with all of that considered, this team just went through two of the five best teams in the AFC and back-to-back weeks on the road, not to mention Week 17 on the road against the Texans. Fatigue will play a factor in this game. How do you defeat a a tired opponent? You run them. The Chiefs need to carry the 51-7 run into this game, and I know that they're capable of it. You don't set an NFL record for consecutive possessions ending in seven unless you have an offense that can string together games of high levels of efficiency on the offensive side. 
And here's where I'll leave it. Teams that allowed a running back to go for at least 130 rushing yards and one touchdown in the playoffs are 5-62. and 62. Mm. What did those 62 teams that took an L have in common? They didn't have Patrick fucking Mahomes. <laughs> I don't mean that in a blanketed statement or in a way where Patrick takes away from an elite rush attack like the other one, like, uh, like the one that we're going against this week. But at the same time, we've seen the Chiefs get absolutely gashed in the ground game, and Patrick diffused it by scoring sevens over and over again. And that's where I'll leave it. And that's why I am of the full belief that the Chiefs, like Clay and like Trevor both just said, will take care of business. And they will beat this team by multiple touchdowns. And we will be seeing this team going to Miami to get their first Super Bowl championship in 50 years. Oh. <laughs> but we're not done. I don't know how much time we have left in this segment. We're good. We're good. Okay. We're going to touch on the – because there's another game. Believe it or not, I know we like to talk oh, Chiefs yeah. Oh, here. yeah, the other game. I forgot there's that. another game. I just want to say one more thing Go about ahead. the Chiefs game real quick. Uh, I actually – who I think – as far as offensive weapons going off the most, I know you say you think it's going to be a Tyreek Hill game, which it was a Tyreek Hill game last time we faced the Titans. He absolutely went off. Yeah. I think Damian Williams is going to be the guy that's going to get the game ball this week. I like it. Uh, because we saw James White had, what, 60-plus receiving yards against them? And he was literally the only guy doing anything for the Patriots, and everyone knows the Patriots live off the screen game. With all that defense of the Titans, who's not who's not a good defense? They, they thrive on turnover, forcing turnovers, and that's the only way their defense has really been good because their overall talent is not that great. Yeah, um, And they're good in the red zone. I'll give them that. But they are terrible against the run. They are terrible against the screen game as well. Two running backs. James White's one of the only guys you really got to worry about in the, the entire Patriots offense, and he still got off. Yeah. Um, and, and they ran, I think, 70-plus rushing yards when they only ran the ball, I think, 15 times. Yeah. Uh, the Patriots are doing that. Damian Williams is going to have a heyday. I think Damian Williams can score multiple touchdowns again and continue that resume in the playoffs, man. It would shock me more if he doesn't. Right. So let's get right to the 49ers and Packers game. I'm going to start this one off. The only way I see the Packers can – the only way that I can see them winning this game is if Aaron Rodgers can turn back the clock. What I mean by that is – and it's not like he has to turn it back five years ago. I'm talking a few weeks ago because we've seen Aaron Rodgers still be great this season. Rodgers is famously known for being able to perform at a high level, yet not turn the ball over at an historic rate. Highest career touchdown-interception ratio in NFL history. But this close. season, he leads the NFL in throwaways. The Packers are going to need him to take risks this game. Do you know the last time Rodgers had double-digit interceptions in a season? It was 2010. Do you know what else Rodgers and the Packers did that season? They won the Super Bowl. Hmm. Now, I'm not going to say giving the ball to your opponent more often helps you win, but I think that we had witnessed that amazing season. We all witnessed that amazing season, the run he had, and him and his team went on that season. We saw Aaron Rodgers that took an that took a sane amount of risk, and it was rewarded. Mm-hmm. Make no mistake about it, the Packers are not the better team in this matchup, and it should almost be assumed that they will lose this game. But the Packers have one thing the Niners don't, and that's a transcendent, all-time great quarterback that I believe can conjure up enough greatness and party like it's 2010. Trevor, yeah. who do you have in this uh, matchup? Oh, you already know. Uh, my favorite quarterback of all time until Patrick Mahomes gets us that over that hill. Um, Aaron Rodgers has always been my guy. Before him, I was a Brett Favre guy. I don't know what it is about the Packers quarterbacks, but I just, I've always loved watching them. Aaron Rodgers is, is my guy, man. I, just, I think I never count him out. Um, I, I do think the Niners are the better team. I have the Packers winning this game, though. I think they got on a really good roll. Um, their defense is better than people are giving them credit for. They they contained Russell Wilson really well last week. 
um, outside of a couple big plays that Russ made, but he, he makes every single game. Um, Russell Wilson outside of Mahomes might be the best guy, maybe the best in the league, honestly, extending plays and making plays downfield, keeping his eyes downfield. So kudos to that, that Packers defense to, uh, to really put that game away. Um, I can see that Packers defense, especially the Smith brothers, uh, pressuring the shit out of Garoppolo, and I can see Garoppolo having some major. I I don't think Coach Shanahan wants this game to be on Garoppolo to go out there and get him a win. They they live and die off that the screen game and the the this the, the overall um, ground production, and they're great at it. That's a great running team. They have three running backs they run the ball through. Uh, Tevin Coleman looked great last game. This is a scary team, and that defensive front is really stout. Bosa is an absolute monster. Might be one of the you know top two, top three in his position this year. The guy's incredible. Um, but yeah, like you said it for me, these kind of games, because I do believe it's going to be a grind out game. The, I think this game is going to be, I'm going to go with, with the under on this game. Actually, I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game at all. I think it's going to be one of those grinder games and the game got out of hand last matchup between these two teams. The Niners absolutely destroyed the Packers. That's not going to happen again. Well, a lot of it was self-inflicted too. The right. Packers really fucked some, themselves over. It's a lot of drives where they turned the ball over on their side some, of the yeah, field. Yeah, there's some uncharacteristic, uncharacteristic, uncharacteristic things that, that, that Aaron Rodgers did that game, some turnovers some just. And honestly, it's been a thin roster for the most part offensively for them this year. I mean, they got a guy by the name of Lazard who was on the practice squad who's become a good player for But We all know Aaron Rodgers can make, you know, something out of nothing. Not saying Lazard is nothing, but he makes these no-name guys into players. And that's what makes him so great. But, I mean, Devontae Adams is peaking right now at a perfect time. He absolutely went off against the Seahawks. He looks great. Um, even if they, even if they, the the Niners, you know, try to bracket him and keep him out of the game, fine. Aaron Rodgers still finds a way to get him the get him the ball. They have a chemistry that's one of the best in the league. Um, and then Aaron Jones, people still sleeping on Aaron Jones. Uh, and then Jamal Williams too is a good solid backup. Uh, you know, a, a thunder to the lightning, a lightning to the thunder of Aaron or Aaron Jones. Uh, Aaron Jones reminds me a lot of Jamal Charles. Man, he's a smaller guy. He's compact, but he's, he's slippery. He finds he, there's a, there could be a pile of guys on top of him. He sneaks out of it somehow. Um, he resembles a lot of uh, JC to me. Um, I had the Packers winning by three points. I have it being a game-winning uh, field goal by the Packers. I was going to say it goes into OT, but I'm not going to go there. I, but I do think just just by the you see the hammer of Thor, just by the hand of Aaron Rodgers, uh, I think that's that's what it comes down to, and that's what it's going to come down to in the final minutes of that game. Well, <clears throat> my head says the 49ers are going to win, but my heart says Aaron Rodgers is just too damn good. Mm. And re- I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is probably thinking this might be his last chance to get back to him. Oh, he's a California win, kid. Win he grew up in the Super Bay. Bowl. You know what and, I mean? And yeah. I, real, I mean, we we all saw what Rodgers did to the Chiefs right. earlier this year. Aaron and, Jones. I mean, I mean, by by all rights, the Chiefs probably should have won that game against Green Bay. But Aaron oh, yeah. Rodgers just that made, throwaway pass he had—that was a yes, touchdown. Was bullshit. Two two ridiculous throws <laughs> yeah. in that game yeah. essentially got the Packers fourteen points. And uh, I I just think in the end, Aaron Rodgers is going to be too good. Yes, well, sir. and that, the revenge tour would make more sense for the Chiefs too because of the fact that. You know they can avenge that loss, not having Patrick. Well, who doesn't Holmes. want to see the matchup, well, yeah. the, the rematch? And that's the other thing. Honestly, it's poetic honestly, as shit. I I know people hate hearing this, but I think if they're if if the, if, if the refs have an opportunity to give a, give a flag to the Packers, <laughs> they're going to give it to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're, they're going to get no some doubt. call. I had no the doubt. Seahawks. I had the Seahawks facing the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. 
Uh, but I did say before the season started that if the Chiefs and the Packers play in the Super Bowl, this would be the most talented matchup we've ever seen in NFL history at the quarterback position at the Super Bowl. Mm. We've never seen Dude, it. Is so, it's well, it's Patrick state, Mahomes it's and Aaron Rodgers, yeah. yeah, those are the two of the most talented quarterbacks. Honestly, I think you're right. The, the only other game you can compare it to, I think, is maybe Roethlisberger Rogers, mm-hmm. yeah, or or maybe Mario Montana, or you can use Peyton Manning and Drew Brees. I mean, you can like you know, th- yeah. My point is this: natural ability. These yeah. are two of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen yeah. to be able to throw off any platform for those two guys to be able to you know lead their teams to a Super Bowl and play against each other. Not necessarily head to head, but yeah. in the same game, that would be the most to me. That would be selfishly the the matchup I'd want to see. Yeah. The Niners are clearly the better team between them and the Packers. For some weird reason, though, we've seen teams that have really no business winning the game win the game and i and the i Ravens have to clearly better than the Titans. yeah and i feel like as as the playoffs go further in you have to have a quarterback that you know can make big plays i don't know that about jimmy g yeah and, we've seen him have terrible plays yeah and, and, and to be honest with you he away. wasn't yeah. he wasn't that good last week yeah. and it was just because the niners are so damn deep that it is he's kinda, only had like a handful of good games this year right he's been he's been very and i know yeah. people hate hearing this but he's been very much alex smith this year oh yeah and so that's just the truth of it he's been a very good game manager but these these are the kind of games, and I know so the Packers well are going to the Packers are going to do everything in their power to force Jimmy G to throw the ball downfield. So if G- if George Kittle doesn't have a big game this week, I think the Packers just, are going to win yeah, this game. I, just I really think, do. I think this is one of those games where Coach Lafleur goes, just tells Rodgers go out there and do your thing. I, I just think that's one of those. I think I think Roger. I think this is Rodgers' moment where he's going to get out there. And just well, one of the Aaron's are gonna have to do it. Aaron Jones or Aaron Rodgers, because if just, either one of those guys don't show up, there's no way in hell the Packers. We've just are seen this it. Game. I've seen it so many times. I mean, I know he's had his failures in the in the playoffs, and I just I don't know, man. I have a vibe. There's a vibe about this game. I just think Trevor's Rodgers, got a vibe. I'm telling you, man. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know. I just I put my faith in him, and I, I want to see the State Farm Bowl so bad. It's want, actually enemy of the State Farm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, dude, and the the poetry behind it all with the 50 years. You know, anniversary of the 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 rematch of the you know the Packers Chiefs. It would just be so poetic. Um, yeah, so I, that's I want to see it so bad. I mean, I'm not trying to be biased, but I do truly truly believe Aaron Rodgers is going to go out there and win that game. Yeah. Well, so, so Trevor, you got the Packers and Chiefs. I got the Packers by three. Clay, you got I got the Packers and Chiefs. Packers and Chiefs. Fuck it, I'm going Packers and Chiefs, Let's man. Go, I think that's how it's going to go. Uh, guys, real quick, what what time is it again? Hold oh, this L. It's time. I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that L. <laughs> Le him, the her. I'm talking like caps lock L L L L L L L L Cool J stuff. Hold that L. <laughs> Good God, man! Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, oh pulsating L. Man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant man. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, hold Sorry. this L. Hold This L, brought to you by Casey Beard Co. Since 2014, Kansas City Beard Company has been providing you with handcrafted beard and skincare products in Kansas City with 100% organic ingredients. You can visit them today at caseybeardco.com, and you can follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Casey Beard Co. Trevor, who is holding the L? I'm going to give myself the L this week. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I like it. I was balls to the wall last week getting in your ass about the Ravens. Um, I was ranting in Raven. Puffing up the head of Lamar Jackson. I thought the dude can do it. Um, 
I just thought that the, the matchup was too top heavy. I was very confident in the, in the Ravens' ability to just beat the Titans at every every facet of the game. I just thought they were going to be too much. Um, and you were telling me how you didn't think Lamar Jackson had the the the, the stomach for it, or or he hasn't proven anything in the playoffs. And I heard you, and I I, I part of me I wanted to agree with you, but this stat is just mind boggling. Um. I saw the stat. I think Will Brinson is the guy that tweeted the stat out um, on Twitter. He said the Ravens had drives that ended at the Titans 36, the 31, the 4, the 18, the 31, the 15, the 16, and the Titans 21. And Baltimore had 12 points. I, I don't even know. I, I, I was trying to like make sense of that in my head. Um, a lot of that to me comes down to the coaching as well, but the players are the ones that go out there and get it done or don't get it done. Uh, and Lamar Jackson absolutely choked, majorly choked. Um, love the guy. I was very confident in him. I thought he had one of the greatest seasons. He did have one of the greatest seasons we've ever seen from the quarterback position in a very unique way. Um, I still love the guy. I think he's got a lot of room to, to grow and become a better, at least a better passer to throw. We already know what he is uh, physically and athletically. The guy's a freak. Um, but he, he's going to have to develop as a passer to, to win big games like this. And it showed, uh, he cannot depend on his legs to win these kinds of games, especially against well-minded coaches like Vrabel, um, and, 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 and balls to the wall teams like the Titans, the teams that have nothing to lose that it should, barely had business being there. And they went out there and they took it from you. Um, so I'm going to hold this L along with the Ravens. So it's a, it's a, it's, it's a 50, 50. Oh, you didn't here. want to be alone. Okay. Yeah, I can't. It's, it's dark in here. Um, <laughs> Uh, so just for me being overly confident when I have my moments, um, but Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens, Trevor Twidwell, do me a favor and hold this L. Just for the record, Trevor. Uh, that's the first time I give myself just, an L. Just for the record, Trevor, I do accept your apology. Yeah, you're welcome. Oh. Fuck you. Apology. <laughs> Clay. Who is holding the yes, L? Sir. Okay, so, <clears throat> well, we we have witnessed a a spectacular comeback at Arrowhead Stadium, have we not? We have. Chiefs, we have. Yes. Chiefs, Chiefs were down uh, by multiple touchdowns. <laughs> uh, things looked grim. Uh, but what's the, a, the, what's the, a deficit? The quarterback, though, uh, he rose to the occasion, and uh, he drove the team down the field again. And again and again, much again? The excitement of the of the home crowd. <laughs> uh, uh, he was spectacular, and uh, uh, that was the scene at the at the home opener <laughs> in 2016, I believe, when the Chiefs mm. beat the San Diego Chargers. Preach. It was it was Alex Smith pulling off the the greatest comeback in Chiefs kingdom history. In fact, the game was so great that. That uh, even though I'm, I'm a well-known Alex Smith hater, uh, I, I dusted off the old uh, computer and, and put together a video for that game. Mm. And indeed, I called it the greatest comeback in Chiefs Kingdom history. And uh, but not anymore. Uh, the greatest comeback in Chiefs Kingdom history now belongs to Patrick Mahomes. And nobody will ever remember what Alex Smith did in that game. Because Who's Alex Smith? I he I I I I think I was just talking about him a minute ago, but yeah, I, I believe he was a quarterback. So what? Did I miss something? 
Alex Smith, <laughs> you're going to have to go ahead and hold this L. That was a good one, Alex dude. doesn't have to be our quarterback anymore. He's still getting L's. Jesus Christ. He's yeah, like, you play you're, football you're, this year. Your great comeback is erased. <laughs> it's no longer in the record books. Who are you? Sorry, bro. <laughs> Peace. Uh, okay. That's good stuff, man. <laughs> you know, we bash uh, the Patriots a lot because of the fact that although they've been the greatest dynasty we've ever seen, and I'm talking across the board, there's always going to be this asterisk next to them as far as not knowing how much cheating really helped them. Well, there are a couple teams in pro sports that we do know how much cheating has helped them, and that would be the the Houston Astros and the Boston Red Sox. Over the last three or four weeks, we've been getting developments, uh, I would say, one of the most scandalous ordeals we've had in pro sports in a very long time. And that's saying something because we've had a lot. Um, we found out that the 2017 Houston Astros were not only picking up signals on the pitching, the pitcher and catcher as far as what was coming to them and the, pitch by pitch, but they were um, also using wires to, to basically let the players know what pitch was coming. They mm-hmm. were hitting trash cans when off-speed pitches were coming. Uh, all different types of things. Um, Alex Cora was on the coaching staff of the Astros in that series or in that season. Then went on to be the manager of the Red Sox in 2018 and won the World Series that very next season as that. Uh, Carlos Beltran was heavily involved in all of this. He admitted to taking and stealing signs um, when he was with the Astros in 2017 as well. And it's been such a revelation, such a reveal that the Astros decided to come down swifter on their on themselves than even the MLB did. Mm-hmm. And they fired AJ Hinch, their manager. They fired uh, their general manager. They gladly accepted the five million dollar penalty that the MLB threw down on them. They lost their next two first and second round picks. Uh, over the next couple of drafts. And that is something for a team like the Astros who pride themselves on their drafting abilities. And then the Red Sox uh, parted ways with Alex Cora immediately, who was one of the most beloved players slash coaches they've ever had. Mm-hmm. People love Alex Cora in Boston, and they just did away with him. And this is such a black mark on baseball in its entirety. And we actually have um, an exclusive song that the Astros and Red Sox came up with. Let's go ahead and play that for them. Wow, man, that what an incredible song! And the the the, the quality of it too was it was almost like it was made by Red Tribe Cinema. You yeah, know, that's just I, the, your duet with with uh, what's her name? I don't even know the yeah. singer's name, but lovely. It's it's flawless. Flawless. I, 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 I thought to float. Congratulations. Yeah, flawless. absolutely. Yeah, getting, uh, well done. That record. Well done. Bravo. Top drawer. Yeah, all of it. Um, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, the way I see it is that the Astros and the, and the Red Sox, they um, they they're gonna you know probably still win a lot, mm. you know, because they're they're two very proud proud franchises and they have a lot of talent and they're really good at cheating. They got caught on this one, so in that case. You might get some W's in the in the future, but in the present, you have to do me a favor and hold this out. And since Eddie Ortiz, Mr. Yo 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 himself, It'll is not it. here this week, and and I in all seriousness, I hope my my buddy gets uh, feeling better this week because I know he said that him and his nephew aren't feeling very well. So get better, Ortiz family. We love you guys. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to pull this up because I found this one to be a real treat. 
Um, and I know that Eddie, this probably wouldn't have been his top choice, but I had myself a little conversation with one stink, Mark uh, Schlereth, from yeah, uh, whatever the shit. fuck show he's on. Dirty he bounces man. around, he gets fired, and he gets resigned. Stank. He was on Speak for Yourself with um, Jason Whitlock and a few other known guys. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play this video, and I'm it's already playing as it goes. <laughs> Uh, so I might have to hold an L2, that but sucks. it's uh, the panel is Tony Gonzalez, Jason Whitlock, Marcellus Wiley, and uh, Mark Schlereth. Now, the reason I mention all those guys is because it's not just Schlereth that I'm bringing up. Uh, he finishes this one off, but Marcellus Wiley is asked the question by Jason Whitlock. Um, did Patrick Mahomes uh, prove he's the best player in the NFL? I'm not going to say anything more until the video is over. I'm going to let these guys <sighs> – Try to act like they know what the fuck they're talking about. They're just former players just banging their head against this uh, table, which really cool table for about three minutes. So enjoy this. Joining the desk now are Fox Sports NFL analyst Mark Slayer and Hall of Famer, top 100 player, Tony Gonzalez. Marcellus, get us started. Did Patrick Mahomes prove he's the best player in the NFL? No, did not conclude that, did not prove that. I um, believe that. You got to respect how you become even in that conversation, let alone the one who we had deemed the best player in football, who's going to win MVP this year, Lamar Jackson. It wasn't after one game. So why would we take that away from him after one game? So you got to have a body of work that supports that. You don't even enter that conversation, let alone be the one who's on the throne at this present moment, which is Lamar Jackson. Now, let's respect how Patrick Mahomes lost that status in the eyes of some. Injuries, as you said, greatest ability is availability. That's part of the conversation. And not looking exactly like himself over the course of this season, especially the latter half. So there was an opportunity. Lamar Jackson seized that opportunity and seized it in his first year in a new system with Greg Roman. First year. And if we want to talk about just splitting hairs, because this is truly a coin flip, uh, what flavor do you like more? Last year, we saw Patrick Mahomes come up short of what we thought this team could have been. He came up short, and he didn't ditch his system. He didn't ditch his philosophy, and he still held that title until someone came and took it from him. So for me, it's still Lamar Jackson, best player in this league. I am best player. I, I can't put any quarterback as the best player in the league. Like, I, I want a football player to be the best player in the league. It's like it's like quarterback's not a football player. Stop well, it, Mark. No, quarter, quarterback, <laughs> listen, my, th my thought process when it comes to the best football player, you are completely dependent. Yeah, that's where we're just going to end that shit. What, what what the fuck are we doing here? Okay. First of all, let me, let me just address Marcellus Wiley just for a second because through all of that – um, marble mouth bullshit he was trying to do with that, trying to sound like he actually knew what he was talking about. <laughs> he didn't believe his own bullshit. He, he, he said that he t you can't, first of all, you can't take away something you never had. No one, no one with any logic or brain cells has said Lamar Jackson's the best player in the NFL, let alone the best quarterback. Let's just address that first and foremost. No one has said that. Has he been the MVP this season? Yes. And there's no debate about that. He had an incredible, transcendent season, but he's not ever been glossed as the best player in the NFL. Let's just period, point blank. I don't even know where Marcellus Wiley was going with that. Second of all, when he talked about availability and how Patrick Mahomes, you're the best, this, this, this is about availability. How available is Lamar Jackson right now? Oh, that's right. He got his butt <laughs> fucking kicked in his own house against a team that had no business being there, right? Right. 
So why don't you just go ahead and shut the fuck up about that? Because that has no bearing on this situation. What have you done for me lately? I thought that's what everybody preaches, but yet conveniently we're going to talk about week six through eight. Move the goal. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. <laughs> Second of all, Savage. stink. What the? F- I mean, your your takes stink, my dude. Like yeah. this is, Dang. and this is why I called your ass out on Twitter because of the fact that you deserved every single bit of it. You're going to sit here and literally make a quote saying, "I can't have a quarterback as my best player." <laughs> You can't have chocolate ice cream as your best ice cream. Like, how does that? What sense does that make? Dependency as his point. So, so let me get this straight. And this is why I called. This is why I called Schlereth out about all this shit. It's funny to me that he talks about dependency when the only reason why Mark Schlereth has a post career is because John fucking Elway and Terrell Davis leading his fucking ass to two Super Bowls. I don't want to hear shit from Mark Schlereth talking about dependency when he played with a Hall of Fame quarterback that got him any type of notoriety that he now has, even though he's had like seven different jobs in the last six months. Right. I don't want to hear it, man. Right. So you know what? Marcellus Wiley, goddamn stink. I mean, imagine having that fucking nickname to start <laughs> start it off with. Stink. Put on some fucking deodorant and do me a favor and hold, hold this out. Bitch. That one's for you, Eddie Ortiz. Can't wait the to see Broncos you next week. Suck. I'm going to – I actually got and, – and this is what I want to do real quick. I have some parting uh, thoughts that I want to give you guys because I do know that – there's a lot of worry and doubt and things of that nature, even with the fact that people feel confident after a 51-7 to run mm. with the Chiefs against the Texans. Do you know what the Chiefs haven't done since Week 10 against the Titans? Lost. Mm. This, will all, this will be the Titans' fourth straight road game. The Titans have made an incredible run, a run I saw coming and therefore predicted. But the run ends at Arrowhead. The Chiefs are better the better team. The Chiefs have the best player in the NFL. Andy Reid has shown us that he's ready to step on some fucking throats and not let up like he did last week. I do not see that changing this week. I do not see that changing this season. The Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl for the first time in 50 seasons, and we all should consider ourselves the luckiest Chiefs fans to ever live because there has never been a better time to be a Chiefs fan. There has never been a better time to be alive. The NFL changes every year, but we are at the beginning of a dynasty in Kansas City. I just hope you buckled your seatbelts up and got plenty of snacks because Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are taking us on a trip that we have yet to ever experience in our lifetimes. And I'm glad to share with all of you, the Chiefs are here to win a Super Bowl. And in the words of our owner, Clark Hunt, anything less is not a success. So for Trevor Twidwell, for Clay Windler, the mind behind Red Tribe Cinema, and for Eddie Ortiz, who is licking his wounds, but we promise we'll be back in a seven-day span. I am Lance Twidwell here at the Spoken Podcast, and we just want to let you guys know that when we talk next time, we will be talking about a team in the Kansas City Chiefs that are on the way and on the verge of winning their first Super Bowl in any of our lifetimes. And I want to thank all of you for being a part of this ride because this is our first full year as a podcast. And you guys were with us, the ground up. And how fitting is it that the first year we do this is the first year the Chiefs go far that they've gone in this generation and the generation before that. So for that, I want to say thank you all, and we are out of this bitch. Later. In the endgame now.
We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned in to I might actually stick I might actually stick around for a little bit. Whatever it is, Northern Tool can help you build it, fix it, haul it, hoist it, blast it, trim it, tow it, weld it, and well, you get the idea. Northern Tool and Equipment. Quality tools for serious work. Need horsepower for your tough jobs? Northern Tool and Equipment is the store for serious power. With a huge selection of tools for any job. Shop in-store, online, or get it curbside. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.